You're looking for the pulse of Tampa Bay sports. Beckles and Retson is the number one source. The new guard, raising up the bar. Intelligent sports talk in your home backyard. Ain't no competition, ask the fans why. Beckles and Retson got it by a landslide. Don't fret, Michael, microphone check, stand by. Yo, Fox, where they at? Where my two favorite guys? Here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Here we go. Happy Monday to everybody out there. This is Beckles and Retro, 95.3 WDAE, 620 on your AM dial. Hopefully everybody had a wonderful weekend. Hopefully you've been safe. Mr. Retcher, how was your weekend, sir, if I may ask? It was good. It went by quick. It did go by fast. It went by quick, but uh, listen, a lot of Rays baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buccaneer football sprinkled in. A little bit. I uh, went to the movies Friday night with the kids. What'd you go see? Uh, DC's uh, Super League of Pets. Any good? Yeah, it's good? pretty good, yeah. Some of those animated. Is it animated? Yeah, but it was with The Rock and a Kevin. A lot of those animated stuff's are really Rock well done. and Kevin Hart. Real good. John Krasinski. Yeah. Bro, it was, good. it was funny. As long as you watch how you go with the kids. Yeah. But you watch it and you're like, that was funny. What What is The Rock and Kevin Hart going to put on that's bad? Nah. I mean, you think that they see a few scripts? Yeah, the scripts. Okay. So they, have to, they, get, they get to pick their script. So they're going to pick a good script. So basically, you know. Yeah. You know, he's the uh, uh, Leo of uh, the modern days. You got that. Right. And then Saturday, we watched uh, the new one on Netflix with Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart called Me Time. Okay. Pretty Mark good. Funny. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Hart. Good yeah, start. Can't it's a, it's a good start. Yeah. Two likable dudes. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, watching the game and uh, just kind of kicking it, chilling, yeah. keeping it low key and chilling. You know, good to see Tom Brady out there. It was. Good to see the Buccaneers. It's just. It gets you, it's a little taste, right? It was a little appetizer. And a little, I know, little bit, little, little I know bit. You, I saw your notes, and I'm just ready for some real football. I'm ready. I'm ready for some Because that's not real football. Let's go. It, it, that, and that Let's doesn't go. really tell us what's going on. Yeah, man. It really doesn't. But we're in a good place now. It's over. Now it's real life. We got a chance to see a little bit of Tom Brady, which is better than nope, Tom Brady. You know, some, some cities didn't see any of their quarterback, okay? Yeah, so right. that's not the indicator of whether they're going to be good or bad, that we just saw Tom Brady. Because, you know, if you say what did you deduce from watching that game, uh, the one thing that I deduced, and I believe everybody out there probably would, and it has nothing to do with your expertise in, in this field, which is offensive line play, even with the guys that we had that got injured, we didn't look good, mm-hmm. especially on the inside. Our tackles looked fine. The three guys we had on the inside that I was watching – the three guys we had on the inside, Hainsey, Leverett, and uh, what was the other name? Uh, um, uh, uh, Shaq, Shaq, Sha- Shaq, Shaq Mason. Mason. Shaq Mason didn't do anything that stood out to me. That was poor, okay. which is good. That's fine. The other two cats, at times, they looked like they were just playing in their first game in football. And this is preseason now. It's going to get a lot uglier than that. I don't even know if the Colts were playing their starters. I don't, I'm not even sure. Isn't DeForest Buckner on their team? Well, he wasn't playing. Okay, so it's going to get worse than that. So... If you watch that game, and I watched it two or three times, the beginning of it, just to see what was going on in the middle, there was some really bad-looking stuff happening. Then I didn't even know they even got hurt. I didn't even, I didn't even finish watching the first half, and then uh, my buddy Chris from the cafe goes, did you see all oh, the linemen got hurt? I go, what? Hainsey got hurt. Then I went back and I watched it. Hainsey went down. He should be fine, but I'm going to say this, everybody. High ankle sprains don't go away. You know when they go away? Never. Mm-hmm. They never go away. Once you get a high ankle sprain, your career changes from that point. So Haynes is going to start his career in the NFL, not 100%. 
that's got to be something that's got to be concerning right now. It's concerning me for sure. Your biggest takeaway from the Bucks preseason finale, 888-546-4620. That's the toll-free number, 829-45 on the Bartow 4 DAE text line. Start that text with DAE. Followed by your thoughts, and we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Go check us out over there and share this on all of your social media platforms. So, Gadecki, that yeah, what do you think? No? Yes, no, no, no. no. It didn't no. look good. Didn't look good. Well, I think he, I think last game he had a couple holding penalties. He had one here. I think he was getting drove, getting drove in the game, and there's no other way to, to speak on it. He didn't look like a veteran guard. Let's hear from uh, head coach Todd Bull. What did he have to say about that left guard spot? Hit it, Todd. Hit Again, it. we still have to discuss it. He's doing a lot of good things right now. We'll look at the tape as a team, uh, offensive line coaches, and we'll come up with a decision. But he's helped himself a little more, so hopefully that comes out to be. And listen, that's coach speak. Yeah. To say, for somebody to say he's doing a lot of good things, ask him how he's grading out. <laughs> Seriously. Because right. you, you're not going to be out there if you're not doing a lot of great things, okay, because you're, you're starting. I hope that every one of your starters is doing a lot of great things, but how are they grading out? How is he playing? If I would have just said straight up, Todd, did he play well last game? Straight up. And a lot of times the coaches will kind of skirt around it and mm-hmm. talk around it. But and I'm not trying to dog anybody out, but the film doesn't lie. The film just wasn't pretty. And the film wasn't against anybody that I knew about. Okay, so you have to be a little concerned because we still have a 45-year-old quarterback. And I know everybody's like, he gets the ball out quickly, but... He gets the ball out quickly when you're also scared of the deep pass and you're also scared of play action. You're also scared of running game. It's to just get the ball out your hand quickly all the time. It just doesn't work all the time. So I'm a little bit concerned with our offensive line play and all the way to the end of it to the tight end, which I really haven't seen much about. So this preseason yet. So was there any positives that you took from that game or were you just so dialed <laughs> no, in the offensive line? No, um, no positives. <laughs> I, no, no, I saw positive. I saw some really good stuff defensively. Yeah, I saw some. I saw a linebacker. What's that guy's name? Um, Farukasi. Farukasi. <laughs> He's not a starter, but they said. They, they, they gassed him up before the game. I'm like, we watch this guy. He was everywhere. Yeah. And he was everywhere the last three preseason games. I think he led the team in all three preseason games and tackles. That's something. Yeah. Okay? Not saying he's going to take over from a Devin White or Levante David. That's not going to happen. But it's nice because at one time, one of those guys probably going to get banged up this year. So you might see Farukasi, uh doing some things. Um, other than that, uh, Cameron Braid's mustache was fantastic. <laughs> Did you see it? Did you see? How it? could you not see? It? Does it have its own Instagram page? It, it, it needs one. If it doesn't, you better have a Twitter. What, how long has he been growing this? I just really not really noticed it before. Mm-hmm. So happy with it. It is fantastic. I'm happy with it. Like you know, I'm, I'm a hair guy. Are I need, you? Like you need there hair. Something. You need ballistic hair somewhere for you to be successful. So you like Grant Stewart's hair last year? Love Grant Stewart. My favorite player last year. My biggest takeaway is no more crappy preseason games Thank to watch you. here from the Thank you. 813. Also, Sincerely Guy says, Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart was god-awful. Uh-oh. Sorry, but facts. <laughs> Don't burn two hours of life if you haven't seen it. You're welcome. It's bad. You see it? No, it's bad. Not great. It's bad, huh? Yeah. And I was like, I thought it was going to be good, and it's just... It happens. The beginning and the end was okay, but the middle, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Nope. Why did JTS not play? Uh, it's a good question, isn't it? Good question. I mean, when I'm seeing Vita Vea playing... And JTS is not playing. Shaq Barrett played. Shaq Barrett played. And JTS didn't play? I, I just didn't understand that myself. You, there's there's got to be a reason. Who? Which player are you looking at the most? Is it more offensive line or JTS for you? Both. Both. I, I can't give me both. you got to give me one or the other. Come on. Okay, both. 
I'm looking at the whole offensive line as a as no, a whole. I know. Not even one player, just the whole offensive line. If you talk about one individual player, I'm locked in in JTS for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. And that's what that's what where I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, on defense, I'm locked into him usually. On offense, I'm usually locked into the whole line and just you know what they they're getting accomplished or not getting accomplished, and it just wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty last preseason game. It, and listen, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. That doesn't mean anything. But if you ask me how they played, I have to tell you how they played. And they didn't, they didn't play well on the inside. We had drops on what's wide receiver drops. Tyler Johnson dropped one. Uh, your boy Scotty Miller is a, drop, uh, a sir, drop a lot. Okay. Your guy. You think he makes the roster? Uh, maybe. No, I mean, I mean, cause this is why I'm going to say maybe, Jay. If you ask me if he should make the roster, I'll say probably not. Okay. Is he going to make the roster? He might. He might. Yeah. Because, and there's something to this, okay? What I'm about to say, there's something to it. They did a special on Scotty Miller before the game. You see that, John Lake? Mm-hmm. Did a little, little break on, breakdown on him, you know? And I was listening to Rondé Barber talk during the game. Listen, people love Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, he's uh, he's got sure hands. Why does he have sure hands? He had five catches last year, dropped one last week, and dropped one this week. How does that sure hands? I don't get it. When was the last time you saw Chris Godwin drop a pass, okay? Those are sure hands. So, I mean, Scotty Miller, if you're a fan, okay. If you have a jersey, okay. But you haven't seen anything this preseason, this preseason to make me think that he's doing anything to help this football team. So should he make the team? Not sure. Will he? Probably. Probably. We'll find out here real soon. Another player that a lot of people were discussing over the weekend was uh, Chris Godwin. And I know Todd Bowles has asked this because as much as we want to talk about all the weapons that Brady has, whether it's you know Julio Jones to go with Evans, and, you know you bring in Russell Gage, Big question mark at the start of the season. Will he play week one? It's Chris Goblin. Let's hear from Todd Bowles on that one. They'll know better than I will. So better safe than sorry. We never want to put him out there early before it's time. But at the same time, if he's healthy and he's 100% and they give me full green light, you got to go. I think with an injury like that, you're never going to know until you get hit below the waist. You know, you can get hit knocked around in practice, but that's all upper body. For anybody that comes back from any one of those type of injuries, until you get hit below the waist in the knee or in the leg and you bounce up and know you're okay, you won't know you're going to be okay. Whether it's week one or week 10, it's going to feel the same until you get tackled. So we'll wait and see when Clarence is 100%. And when that's 100%, you know, he still has to take the hit. He understands that. We understand that. And that's just the way football's been played. So, you know, hopefully he's okay if when he takes that kind of hit and we can move on from there and he knows he's okay and we'll move on. Did you say Clarence? Did you call him Clarence? What did you say? Clarence. Clarence. Okay, I thought he I th- I thought he said Clarence. I go, is his name oh, Clarence? Clarence? Chris could be Clarence. Now I'm gonna disagree with uh, uh with our our, our coach, right? Our now, fearless okay? leader. Todd Bowles. Football has not always been played that way, Todd. I'm sorry. I played the game. So I'm going I'm to ask everybody out there, and I'm, this is me. I'm not questioning somebody's toughness. I will never do that. Okay, you got to be a tough SOB to play in the NFL. What's okay? He just he said something that I agree. He said, "Well, you're never going to know what it's like to get hit below the waist to get hit below the waist." So, what's the big difference if he gets hit below the waist? Well, he's not going to get hit below the waist until the first week, mm-hmm. if any. Week one, week three, week four. You think there's that much of a difference? Like I, once again, I'm not questioning anybody, but to me, if you're waiting for somebody to be a hundred percent, you might be waiting a while because I played the sport and I. Sometimes you have to go back at eighty five percent and work your way back to a hundred percent because you just hundred percent is just not something you keep on getting as you get older. And, and Godwin is not an old player, but you ain't never going to be a hundred percent anymore. 
So for Todd Bowles to say that's the way football's always been, no, it's not. Because I've seen guys go on the field. I've never seen anybody miss a whole training camp that could participate before when I played. It's changed a lot. And it's for, for good reason. The guys are getting a lot of money. But they're babying them a little bit. And that, I think that's part of sports now. I just don't think that's going to change. It really ain't. It helps, too, when you have other guys at the position. I tell you it what, helps a lot. One of my biggest takeaways, it was just good to see Tom Brady and Julio Jones hook up. Mm-hmm. And I feel if Julio can be healthy, he's in line for a big bounce-back season after struggling last year with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, some news, I just checked it on Twitter. Uh, I don't know how I missed this one, but Joe Tryon Sharenka held out because he was sore. So just sore, so that's why we left him out. So that's what Todd Bowles had to say about JTS. Does that worry you going into the season? Not good. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big Listen, I, I don't like to make a mountain out of a molehill, but you're sore? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Vita's sore and Shaq Barrett's sore, and I bet, you know, Levante's probably sore from his, in his 15th year. You're sore? What? My eyes on him, though. JTS My eyes is, on him. to me, mm-hmm. you're there's, sore. there's part of me that feels that JTS is almost set up to fail because there's so many people that are – Oh wow, he did. He flashed so great on this amount of plays, but then you look at the production and you go, "Okay, well, now's the year, right? Like this is the time." Okay, people say, "Oh, he had to move on up and down the uh defensive line and you know, he's playing on the inside, didn't do that all that much. Now he's just going to focus on staying on the outside and do his thing." All right, well, that's great. Well, what if he doesn't do the job then? Then then what's the excuse? I don't like making excuses for young players. Thank you. you hear it for Tyler Glass now, you hear it for Wanda Franco, you hear it now you're hearing it for JTS, you hear it for yep. Scotty Miller. It's weird how sports are. There's certain athletes where no matter what happens, people denigrate the hell out of them and they're just bash, 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 bash. But then there's other guys and people always want to find something. Something to say, yes. well, at least they did this, and it's like, well, how come Well, can you say that about like Scotty Miller? Else? Yeah, he's, he's, I just he, said it. I just gave you four sure. examples. JTS, J- Miller. Correct. And there's two other guys yeah. like that. With Wonder Franco and Tyler Glasner. Yeah. If you can play, you can play. Yeah. You know who's not like that? You know who's the other side yeah. of that? Mikhail Sergachev. Correct. People are always trying to find mm-hmm. a way to bash Mikhail Sergachev, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, dude, let, dude yeah. one of Stanley Cup final games, correct. he led the time on ice. He played more than Victor Hemmond did. I think it's a likability thing, Jay. It's a, it's a, it's a likability thing. He's never done anything. Like, well, he, he's he whipped somebody's ass, and everybody yeah. loved him after that. But it's it's weird, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's a lot of reasons, and you know, sometimes it's you know based on certain things that have nothing to do with what's on the field, the ice, the court. Uh, Agreed. Jameis Winston's another example of that, where mm-hmm. even the most staunch defenders of Jameis Winston, people would like go against him, even when he played a good game. Yeah. You're like, well, well, wait a minute, how well, can he like, win? He almost threw a pick there, and I was how like, how can Damn, he win? Bro. Like, I, mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. He threw 30 interceptions, but even in good games, people are like, well. He does that again next week. It's like, we're not talking about next week. We're talking about right now. Like, nobody said when JTS had a bad game, oh, well, he'll come back next week. Do we know that? He hasn't proven anything Mm -hmm. in the league yet. I'm with you. I'm keeping a close eye on JTS because I don't want to see flashes. And this is a high draft pick. You expect this guy to play. And don't tell me that when we get to week nine and if he doesn't have anything showing up on the sack chart, you're looking at two picks back-to-back with JTS Mm -hmm. and Trask that Mm. haven't contributed to the team. At all. Now, and listen, I agree with 100% of what you just said. People like to make excuses for people that they like, usually, okay, or that, yeah, that they're wishing do well. I get that. And listen, we've talked to uh, uh, Scott Reynolds before, some computer report, and I heard this as their excuse, and I'm just not going to, I don't like this as an excuse. Well, he was moved around a lot. You mean like Micah Parsons? Did you watch Micah Parsons last year? Mm-hmm. Was it good? It's fantastic. Okay. 
So you can't hide nasty and great. You could put Lawrence Taylor anywhere on the defense. You ain't going to hide him. I bet you could put Lawrence Taylor at nose guard and his name will be said. So you put a guy inside a little bit and that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. You're sore. It's funny that you say that too because I remember when the Giants won that Super Bowl and JPP was a rookie. You know, Didn't they matter. Did? They moved them all over the field. Didn't matter. Order. You're a it football player. Jay Tuck. It yep. was OCU Minora. They, yep. they had that NASCAR package that yep. Steve Nola rang, at, ran, and JTPP went inside, he went yep. outside, and he was effective wherever he went. So to me, yep. when you start making excuses for these athletes in there, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. You got to be versatile. Yes, why, you do. Why, why is versatility lauded for some people, but an excuse for others? It doesn't make sense to me. Agreed. And like for me, we keep on making excuses for somebody. And listen, I'm going to let the first time that I see something that I go, there it is. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I want to say it. I want to go, okay, go back to this play. And this is the reason why I think that a JTS is going to be good. Because I'm telling you guys and gals, I'm watching other football. And some of their rookie guys showed it to me already. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, from Jackson, Jacksonville, the Walker. Trevon Walker. Uh, Hutchinson. Like what they've done in this short preseason I didn't see all last year from JTS in the preseason, right? Like, run somebody into the quarterback. House somebody. Overpower somebody. You could run around somebody every once in a while or run a stunt and be clear. I can do that still. You have to do something that's lasting. I'd love to see that. I can still run a stunt. Yeah? Yeah. I can still bring down a quarterback and run a stunt. Yeah? I don't want no lineman touching me, though. I don't want no lineman touching me. Madden 23's out. Madden 23's out. Yeah? You got it? Yeah, I've been playing it. Yeah? How you been doing? Uh, started off fantastic. Not so great now. Yeah, why? I've been playing with my boy Chris from the cafe. Yeah. I had him like, I beat him seven straight times in Madden 22. Wow. And Madden 23 came out. He beat me once. Then I beat him seven straight times. Or a couple straight times. Then he beat me five straight. Wow. We're in the midst of five straight. Not happy. No? No. I gotta go back to the drawing board. What's, what teams have you been using? Uh, I've been using Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's nice. Josh Allen. See, I need a quarterback that can move a little bit. I swear to you, I'd take the Buccaneers. You know the reason why I don't? Tom Brady don't move. So slow. Yeah. Eight pianos on his back. <laughs> like, yep, your quarterback has to be able to run. If you have Lamar Jackson, the rest of it doesn't really matter because he just does things, you know? Tom Brady is just, he's just he's a pylon, pretty much. Or else In I the video be. game. Because you know why? It, trans- it doesn't No, trans- no, no. It do- of course not. Of course not. So, you know... In this, we're going to go over these top 100 lists a little bit later. And a lot of these names I thought were putting in crazy places. And I, did they ever really talk about the criteria of the top 100? It's the players. Just, it's just the players' votes. Yeah. Who is just the best? Yeah. Period. Some of it I agree with wholeheartedly. Some of it just came out crazy. Cockamamie. Cockamamie. Like, I'm just like, some of it doesn't make sense, but it's their vote, so I guess it makes sense. Who finished number one on the list? Well, Who we this? posted it on BecklesandRetcher.com. You can go check it out now during the break. But also Tom Brady's post-game comments. We'll hear what he had to say after the preseason finale against the Indianapolis Colts. We want to hear from you. 888-546-4620. Again, we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Check us out there. And then 82945 on the Bartow Ford DAE text line. We'll talk all things Tom Brady on the other side. Beckles and Retro 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Mike Bookmark it. 953WDAE.com for all your Tampa Bay sports needs and more. Now back to Beckles and Retcher on WDAE, streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. All right, welcome back, Beckles and Retcher 953WDAE and AM620. 
620 888-546-4620 if you want to hop aboard and join us talk all things Buccaneers we're going to get to Tom Brady's comments here in a minute and also his status as number 1 on the top uh, top 100 list done by the NFL players well, let's go to Mike in Tampa he's been waiting through the break what's up Mike Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Listen, uh, if you're on the subject you guys have been talking about, and first of all, I want to start off by saying I want to thank Tom Brady. This is about the fifth time on the air I've thanked Tom Brady for coming to Tampa Bay because he is the biggest band aid in the NFL. He can make things work with less talent around him. And let me tell you something. You know why he's number one? Because he gives you the best chance to win. That's why he's number one. So if anybody doesn't understand that, I don't know what else to tell him. But about these draft picks, man, I think you're right on point. People are starting to realize this. Ian, you touched on it. You gotta be a football player, man. That's what it really comes down to, because if you're a football player, you're gonna make yourself known. There's one thing, but you don't have to get schemed up. They don't have to dress up the defense for you and scheme these things up for you to make a play. You do it naturally on your own. You, you create your own impact on the game is really what it comes down to. And, uh, I've had these conversations and people say, yeah, but what about Tristan Wirth? I say, well, if you remember correctly, there was five offensive tackles that were first round grades that year. He was the fifth one selected. Yeah. Yeah. We got lucky on Tristan Wirth, to be honest with you, because if it wasn't Tristan Wirth available, one of them other GMs had done their, their homework correctly and drafted him earlier, we would have drafted one of the other ones that didn't turn out to be that good. And we were so desperate. Nobody could even tell you who was going to play right tackle that year. We gave him a fourth round draft pick to move up one spot. Mm-hmm. They say, well, yeah, what about the, the safety, uh, Winfield? I said, yeah, well, what what about the other three safeties he drafted that couldn't even play on Sunday? So you guys are on to something. It's starting to become pretty much known now. People are starting to figure this out. And Jason Light just hasn't drafted very well. I'll hang up and listen. All right, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going that far with it. I mean, we are a competitive football team. Mm-hmm. In between some of them stinkers, there have been some gems, too. Okay? Yeah. The whole Tristan Worst thing, I agree with you. We lucked into that. Yeah. Okay? Because just like... Everybody's like, God, the the uh, the Patriots are. They know what they're doing. They drafted Tom Brady in the sixth uh, round. No, come on, stop they did, it. They didn't they, draft him five rounds before. that. They should have drafted him first in the in the draft if they redrafted it. Okay, they got drafted behind Giovanni Camaz. There you go. So Tristan Wirfs fell into our laps. Okay, we don't even know if the Buccaneers didn't have Makai Becton or any of these other guys rated higher. We have no idea. It, and looking at this this list here, the top one hundred, uh, where they put Tristan Wirfs, I'm shocked. Where they put him, not saying he didn't deserve it, but I'm shocked where he is on this list. And we're going to go over it a little later because I didn't think he could go get up that high that quickly. Good for him because everybody around him. There's a lot of respect for him. Justifiably so, though. Mm-hmm. When you watch that film, I'm telling you, I've been watching film for my whole life. When you watch Tristan Wirth, it's different. Mm-hmm. Okay, our other okay, Donovan Smith's a really good left tackle, okay? As far as technique goes, he can't hold Tristan Wirth's jock. Tristan Wirth does barely takes false steps. Donovan Smith gets it done. It ain't sometimes all that pretty. Tristan Wirth, everything he does is pretty as an offensive lineman, and he's and he's definitely graded uh, the right way. I'm just I'm I'm amazed at how quickly he can go up in two years. But people are seeing it for sure. It's a beautiful thing. It is because you were keeping a keen eye on Tristan Wirth because you warned a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's usually very ugly in year one for an uh, offensive lineman, but almost always. I, I, and I'm one of them. I did it. I played 16 games. That's why Gadecki, if he goes in there this year, you just can't expect him to be Tristan Wirfs. You, you could expect him to be Ian Beckles. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, I ended up having a pretty good career, but my first year, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And I didn't have Tom Brady behind me. I had Vinny Testaverde or Chris Chandler or Steve DeBerg, whoever the hell it was, but it wasn't Tom Brady and everybody around me wasn't that damn good. So it didn't stick out as bad. If you put rookie Ian Beckles at right guard, it's going to stick out. 
because everybody else in the offense is ready to rock and roll and win the Super Bowl. So Gadecki sticking him here at left guard, it, it, it may work, but I don't know if it's going to work for what I saw on, on Saturday, unfortunately. So Tom Brady, the list came out late last night, voted number one in the NFL Top 100. Were you shocked? Uh, a little bit. I was for sure. Okay. A little bit. I didn't think there was but any chance for him to be number I, one. And you got to check it out. It's up on BecklesandRetro.com. I think it was Jalen Waddle that said, dude's 80, throw it for 5,000 <laughs> yards. Hilarious. But it's true. Tyron Matthew, he goes, he, he led league in passing yards. At 44. Me, when, when you take a step back, because sometimes you get a little bit too close. Mm-hmm. I think when you take a step back and you realize, like, dude was not. We, we talked about it last week, about how guys like, Wayne Gretzky and some of these other older athletes where, yeah, they just look a little weaker. They're still mm-hmm. very good, mm-hmm. right? Cerebral, the mental side, that's, they're unmatched. But physically, they're just not the same guy. Mm-hmm. Look at Albert Pujols, even though he's doing really well right now. Miguel Cabrera is another great example. But look at Tom Pretty still flying. You know, The ball's still flying through the air, and he's still up there with Aaron Rodgers going toe-to-toe. With the MVP of the league. It's mind-boggling. It, it is. And listen, this is something that a knuckleballer couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Like a knuckleballer throws something different. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to be playing at that position, at that level, for that long. At, and be as good as you are at that, at that moment. Everybody falls off. But people start falling off around seven years ago. So at, more, if, if you'd have told me thirty five, maybe, maybe? maybe thirty five. Okay, I'm being Jay. I'm being nice because I'm 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 being nice because thirty five. There's barely anybody even gets to thirty five. Okay, forget about falling off at thirty five. Uh, Cam Newton still isn't thirty five. I don't believe he is. Is he? I don't think Cam oh. Newton's thirty five years old. He's done. Okay, Tom Brady for him to still be at this level to play football at forty four is breaking every rule. To lead the league in passing at 44 will never be done again. It's unheard of. It's never going to be done again. I can say that. It's not going to be done again. You can say Are that. You sure? But yes, I don't know if you're sure. Not in my lifetime. You know why? I don't know if anybody else is going to play the 44 again at quarterback. Because athletes are different. They're different yeah. now. In all in all sports, they're different. Nobody nobody lasts anymore. So the plays. He's a lasting Mohican. I don't know, man. Players play Mohicans. longer now. Not less. No, I don't think they do. The quarterback position? How old is Aaron Rodgers? And they play more. You're just going to pick out a couple. I get that. But, but if in, there's one guy to do it. But in would general, you put, would but you put a pass on Rodgers? But this is the thing. You're going to pick out a couple guys. You're going to go to Hall of Fame. I get that. But everybody else comes and goes. Like how many? Like back in the day, there were so many other teams that had quarterbacks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now it's every year is changing. You know what I'm saying? It seems like there wasn't that much changing in quarterback back in the day. Now everybody seems every half the teams seem to change their quarterback almost every single year. It seems like or they're shifting. So it just, just before free agency, it just seems like quarterbacks played longer to me. Now I just there's a couple exceptions, of course, and Tom Brady is not even an exception. When you when you when you use a chart, you can't put Tom Brady in the chart. He's gonna mess the chart up. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? You got to keep him off the chart. So 45 still here, just be 45 and still playing in something. But to be at this level still is just it, it blows my mind. It should be blowing everybody's mind. I don't. I'm trying to think because when you played in the '90s, mm-hmm. who were the guys that played for a long time then? Like Steven I don't Berg. think it, I don't think it's yeah, but for one team, Marino, Elway. I mean, Favre after he left the Falcons, like, yeah, but that's four. Like other than that, not many. That's but now. The, but, but look at it now: Brady, okay. Rogers. I mean, Russell Wilson just left, obviously. Mm-hmm. But who else? 
mean, Carr's been with them for a while. Carr has the been Raiders. For a while, yeah. Okay, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I guess he's got to go on there soon. Yeah, but Kirk- uh, but think about it. Is Patrick Mahomes going to change his team anytime soon? Is Josh Allen going to change his team anytime Probably soon? Not. But so I but think they, every generation... But they're only in the fourth, fifth year of the career, though. What, they're they're no, only 27 years old. Agree, but I think in every generation you have seven or eight guys. I think it's more than half. I think that I think it's like that all the time. Because I remember seeing a stat years ago of how many Jets quarterbacks there were when Brady was at New England. Oh, we know how many... Yeah, yeah, but Cleveland's another team. Cleveland. Think about how many times that... You, Think about your Buccaneers the, team. That's what you just, we the just, Bucks. in the last segment, you gave me three guys in your saying. first two years in the yeah, league. Yeah. So I think... For half the league, it's always been like that. I don't know if you it's really right. changed. You might be right about that. It's just the that'd be a cool study to do to look from ninety to two thousand and then somebody from two thousand to twenty twenty. Some brainiac with different <laughs> numbers can can do that. Not I, not I, not I. So obviously, the big uh, talk about Tom Brady the last couple of weeks is you know, where you been? Yeah. And you knew after the game against Indianapolis, somebody was going to ask him. So here was his. Uh, explanation on his absence. Kind of. It's all personal. You know, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life, and uh, you know, we're... I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so, you know, you just gotta try to figure out life the best you can, and um, you know, it's a uh, continuous process, so... Listen, I'm gonna say this, okay? Tom Brady gets treated differently, and he's... And he earned it, okay? Yeah. Uh, if somebody says it's personal, then that's what it is. If if the Buccaneers are okay with what happened, and they clearly were, then they let him go. We shouldn't even bring this up anymore. I'm serious. It, does, it doesn't matter anymore. While he was gone, we have to talk about it. I get it. But now that he's back, leave it alone. I mean, I get Yeah, He has to come back. We have to ask him the questions. We can keep on asking the same damn questions. It's just not going to help anybody here. Well, do you think about stopping talking about it or stop asking about it? Because I don't know. I think that's two different questions or two different statements. Because I don't know if you're going to keep asking him about it because you're not Mm going to get a different answer. But, Ian, if they're... 0-4 Oh and four in their first four games, and the chemistry oh, no, with no. he and his receivers oh, no, are terrible, oh, no. or the quarterback center exchange is awful. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's our job, and, and there's going to be people all across Tampa Bay going, "Well, maybe if he didn't leave for mm-hmm. eleven days, the chemistry is going to be." That's just natural. It's Correct. a natural discussion mm-hmm. that's going to happen if they struggle early on. We talked about that before the the mm-hmm. rest before the leave. Is he going to be able to figure it out? I think that's why in the initially when we were mentioning this, I wasn't worried because I thought if anybody can not make this a big deal, mm-hmm. it's number 12. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I'm not worried about that. You know, that's, this is the thing. <laughs> it's human nature for us to blame. Okay? Yeah. That's, that's human nature. So this is, a, this is how it's going to go. If Tom Brady looks bad in the first two games, he's going to be blamed. Mm-hmm. If Leonard Fournette doesn't look good in the first two games, he's going to be blamed. Because of what happened in the offseason. If Fournette plays well in the oh, first because game, of his because of his yeah, weight. Yeah. If Fournette plays well in the first game, Brady plays well in the first game, then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Literally. If Brady plays well in the first game, then all the other stuff of what may happen is gone. So that's the most important thing. Brady comes out there, and it's still Tom Brady. And the whole time you've evolved, and I, and I, I agree with what you said, although it's still a big deal. But the whole time you're like, it's Tom Brady. We're okay. Yeah. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, you maybe you should be probably 50% more concerned than if being Tom Brady. Like, if you said if there's one athlete in the history of the game that you can bring off the street and knew nothing about the playbook, it would be Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's what we got. And it's funny that you... 
said it the way you did there, and you're thinking about what was the other big thing we were watching here a couple months ago was when Clayton Kershaw had the no-hitter in the perfect game. Mm-hmm. And that, what, the first or second start? And everybody's like, how could you take yeah. him out of the game? Well, damned if you do, damned if yeah, you don't. Correct. I think he's been on the IL two or three right. times this year. <laughs> right. So even by taking him out, Right? He mm. still got hurt. So all across sports at times is damned if you do, damned if you don't. And the narrative is not always done. Nope. Right away. It, you have to let it play out. Let's go to the phone lines real quick and hear from Lloyd and Brandon. What's up, double L-O-Y-D? Jay, Ian, good afternoon. How are you? What's good. Up, yourself? Hey, I'm good. Um, you know, last year and the year before, everybody was saying Tom Brady came to Tampa, and he was much more jovial, much more lighthearted, much more joking around. Do you guys notice, regardless of why he had to take the time off, that's nobody's business, but does he seem like too serious, not quite as happy and jovial as he did in the past? Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, Lloyd. I don't know Tom Brady. Have you ever met Tom Brady, Jay? Per, uh, Personally, no. Okay, this I'm gonna say this, Lloyd, and I'm, I'm gonna say this about everybody. It's hard to assess somebody's mood if you don't know them. Yeah. I don't know Tom Brady. Like if I if I saw an interview with Jay, I could tell you if he's in a good mood or not. Or people that I know, mm. I don't know Tom Brady. Nah, I'm with you. I don't know him. Mm. Like like I'm a great. Give you a great example. When all the stuff happened with Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock, everybody's like Will Smith was out of character. You know him. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows Will Smith. That's not like his character. You mean the one that he acted like the Fresh Prince? You don't know him. We don't know Tom Brady, people. And anybody that knows, how many people on this earth know Tom Brady? If it's more than six, I'll be shocked. I mean, really know him. So that whole happy thing, and it's irrelevant if somebody's happy or not. As As long as you get there and take care of your business... It's being happy and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. Listen, is it better to be happy? Yes. Is it is it relevant? Not really in sports. Mm-hmm. Not really. As long as he goes out there and takes care of his business, he's going to be okay. And nobody's done it better than Tom Brady in the history of sports. Well, sometimes I think people make too much of the disposition that people have. Because mm-hmm. what was one of the biggest knocks on, whether it's Gerald McCoy or Tony Dungy, is that what, they were too nice. Yeah. They weren't emotional. Yeah. Okay, well, then there's other guys that... We're, you know, not being the greatest human beings in the world, but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Antonio Brown being one of them where people don't, you know, does anybody really care about the disposition of Antonio Brown when he was catching passes in the Super Bowl and helping the Buccaneers win their second championship in their franchise Our history? Our lines are open. Nobody was saying it. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody so, uh, cared. That to me is <laughs> way overblown. What if when, he dropped a couple passes? Like, boy, he'd have been abused. If he dropped a couple passes, it would come up. Yeah. But it's it's just it's a fair weather thing. It's mm-hmm. a fair weather thing. And let me say this to everybody. If Tom Brady does falter this year, I would blame more on his on his age yeah. than him missing. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Blame it on his age or, and the inevitability of him losing his stuff than him just missing eleven days of camp. Or the offensive line. Or the offensive line not having enough time or him not being acclimated with wide receivers. A lot of different things. Well, I think that if you say not acclimated mm-hmm. with the wide receivers, then that might go with eleven days. It's been 40 days and 11 days. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of, he's, going, he's going away a lot. Ooh. Stop going. Stop going away, Tom. But as far as his disposition when it comes to press conferences and things like that, I don't know. He's, he's a pretty stoic guy. He's very reserved, keeps yeah. things close to the vest. I don't see that much of a difference between I don't last see him year. smiling. I don't see him laughing. I don't see him being smug. He just kind of does Tom Brady face. He talks for his one minute and whatever he's supposed to talk to, and he doesn't get an extra minute. Yeah, but do you think he's happy about preseason football anyway? 
He's not happening about being up there. He doesn't want to do that. How many, how, how, many press, what, how many pressers do you think he's done in his lifetime? And he probably and he knew what he was going to talk about today, too. Or yesterday. He knew it. Or Saturday. He knew what was coming. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. When we return on the other side, speaking of things that Ian doesn't want to talk about, our three picks oh, from geez. Friday, you want to just skip this segment? Can we? Nope. Okay. It's on the sheets. <laughs> Cannot skip it. It wasn't good for Why are you asking, then? Why are you asking? <laughs> Why are you offering if you, you let me do it? <laughs> How dare you leave me down I this know, path? Oh, my Lord. How dare you leave me to the water and not let me to drink? <sighs> but first, Jane Ian for the Gold Diamond Source. Fellas, if you're looking for the hottest trends in men's jewelry, whether it's a gold chain, fashion rings, or even pre-owned Rolex watches, if you're planning on getting engaged, whether it's this summer, Christmas, New Year's, whenever, head on over to the Golden Diamond Source. It is never too early to plan ahead. We know that buying a diamond ring is a big deal and you want to do your homework. Well, our friends at the Golden Diamond Source have informed their staff to help you understand diamond buying and to ensure you get the best diamond for your budget. The Golden Diamond Source is a jewelry super center and has the jewelry to fit any budget, whether it's two fifty, five hundred, a thousand, five thousand, or fifty thousand. To ready to pop that question, a lot of us don't know a whole lot about diamonds. That's okay. They have nine full time jewelers in house for all your jewelry needs, so they have a world of knowledge. They have the most amazing first class staff, the most incredible inventory of diamonds and diamonds from every single price range. You just don't have a friend in the jewelry business, you have the entire wine shop family. Make sure to make it a golden diamond source diamond, golden diamond source thirty eight hundred Omitter Road in Clearwater, and always online at the golden diamond this is Beckles and Retter on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. All right. Welcome back to Beckles and Retter. It is Monday all day long. And uh, we started off this cockamamie thing. What do we call this thing? Our three picks? <laughs> <laughs> you were this so is, into it. I was so. You were so into it. But you know what? So, I loved it. You know what's so great? When you do, the week before we started. Yes. I went a strong three and zero. Not even a week three. It was a strong three and zero. That was a week before we started. Then we started. You haven't sniffed I, a win yet. I, I haven't even come close to a win. Okay. Oh, come here. on. You, no, I'm serious. Too bad. Okay, Jay. Tell me the where the first was, one was close. Okay, the first one was close. And can I tell you why it's terrible? Why? Let me tell you why it's terrible. Why? Because it was one and a half. Red Sox minus one and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only way for me to lose in this equation is for the Sox to win by one run. Because if the Rays win, I win. If the Sox win by two, I win. You understand what I'm saying? Because I want the Rays to win. Okay. Okay. You understand me? I got what you said. The only way for me to lose in all aspects is them to lose by win by one, and that's what they do. So that hurt doubly. Then I went with uh, uh, Blue Jays over the Angels um, minus one and a half. They lost twelve to nothing. Blue Jays got swept by the Angels this weekend. I looked at the Angels. I go, they're terrible. And they swept the. They Blue Jays. swept. Baseball's funny. And then I went the over the six and a half uh, Yankees A's. Uh, and it was five. So, I mean, I wasn't close. I wasn't close, bro. So this week? <laughs> oh, and three. This year? Consistently, oh, and six. I call Hornet, bro. Oh, Hornet. All right, we'll go with Ryan Hoppy. He's off today. He'll be back tomorrow. He had Dodgers, Marlins over seven and a half. He won that one. Dodgers, 10. Marlins, six. Mm. He had Reds, Nationals under eight and a half. He lost that one because the Reds beat them seven to three. And then Blue Jays, Angels under nine. There's the 12 nothing game as there well. So he was one and two. He's two, three, and one. On the year, I had Red Sox raise under nine and a half, nine seven. Ooh, no bueno there. Uh, Yankees over the A's minus one and a half. I lost that one because the Yankees won three yeah. two. And this one, I'm proud of. I'm proud. 
Cleveland Seattle under six and a half and over and, and it went innings. eleven innings. Good for you. And Seattle won three to two. That's a, a good win game. there. That's a good. That's a win. good win. Yeah. That's a good one. I even had a run to spare. Uh, so one and two for me. So I as well two three and one on the season. So as a show, we are mighty four twelve and two collectively. Mm. Four twelve and two. Wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. That's wild. Let's go to the full lines. Let's go to Walter and Brandon. Let's have a little Brady talk. What's up, Walter? How's it going, guys? What's up, bro? Hey, if you read Tony Dungy's book, A Quiet Strength, Herm Edwards was the bad cop, and he used to tell the guys, hey, you don't want to disappoint Tony back in the day when when they were building the team and, and building great excellence by on the field and off the field. I just wanted to share that. Okay. All right. What was that pertaining to, if I may ask you? Just, Brady? I guess talking about the disposition they don't wanna, of the players. They don't want to disappoint Brady? I think he was just discussing when we were just saying about Tony Dungy being too nice. Okay. And taking, you know, well, I was looking there. too much into people's emotions. Yeah. I was there when Tony Dungy first got there. Yeah, no, I get it. You know? But people say that he wasn't a great coach cause, or he wasn't emotion because he wasn't crazy and over the top and couldn't rah, be, rah, couldn't guy. be more wrong. No, I, but you know? that's what he, I, what he was alluding to. So. Yeah, I mean, emotions, it's not yelling. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Emotions is not yelling. Not to me, anyways. Tony Dungy and the yeller. You want a yeller? Go ahead on, get you a yeller. I don't know. Hold on. Seriously, go get you a yeller. Yeah, get you. A give yeller. me a give me a teacher. I'll take a teacher. You can take a yeller. Mm-hmm. There are some yellers that have succeeded back in the day. Some, even Bill Parcells. I'm gonna say that's about Bill Parcells. Never heard him yell. Mm-hmm. Never. He didn't have to. He was kind of like me as a parent. You know, you know, when you say something, it's serious. Give you the look. So you just don't. You get the look, like. Were you a look? What, what was your big? I have a, I have a look. The look. Oh that yeah, look? yeah. When like when I walk into a room, the room changes. There's no doubt about that. When I walk into a room of children, room you're walking. Well, in. if there's a room of children, I walk in a room of children, it changes, and I want it to change. People go, oh, that's because I don't care what it's because I want them to change because they're in my house. If you're in my house, we got to go by my rules. What about when you walk into the cafe? It's pretty much the same thing. There he is. I mean, there he is. It's in a water, yeah, bud. You know what I'm saying? They're like you're drinking kava again. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's good for you. It's from awesome. the earth. You had that. Got from, that right, bud. It's from the earth. Shout out to Frank the Kava OG. Yeah, man. It's beautiful. His, his dolphins are good. Preseason. Ish. Ish. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. You said that for him. I know. I did say it for him. I did. I mean, it makes him feel better, but uh, I just don't know the two a thing. That, the first play that had that uh, that hill bomb that was underthrown. You saw it? It's underthrown. Underthrown? Big time. Come on. Two or five more yards touchdown. Just little things. There's little things or big things, you know? I am so curious to see how that whole thing goes this year because Mm -hmm. when he has a bad game, what is Tyreek Hill going to say then? What is the coaching staff going to say? He's the most accurate ever. He's the most accurate quarterback of all all time. Of all times. But what happens when he has a bad game? It's going to happen soon. It's not going to be a long time before he has a bad game. Okay, Listen, but I believe this. I really truly believe this. I don't know if if Tua has to ball out for them to win. I really don't. What would you see from Tua that would make you at least adapt the way you see him? Like, what would impress you from Tua if you saw him this year? Being that you've been very critical of him mm-hmm. so far, um, it wouldn't be as much from Tua as it would be from the organization. But I want to say I'm, I'm talking about just Tua. What would you have to see from him where you go, oh, maybe he's a little better than I thought? I think in a, perf- in a perfect world, he's Mac Jones. Does that make sense? Okay, but you see what I'm saying? is there anything that would make... What I'm trying to say is, okay. is, 
Do you think you know exactly the type of quarterback he's going to be, or is there anything that he can show you this year with all the weapons and all the protection mm-hmm. that would make you change, like, maybe he's a little bit better than I thought? I mean, I'm, I'm evaluating quarterback position, right? Yeah. So I'm going to evaluate him like every other quarterback. So if they put it on him, because if you ask me, is this guy a good quarterback, I'm going to think of how much the team actually puts on him to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could still win and not be the guy. Okay, that's happened Agreed. before. But if he leads the team to a couple of fourth quarter yeah. comebacks where it's Stuff pretty like much that. on his back because, and he goes like, let's what, say he goes 11 for yep, 13 in yep. the fourth quarter with a couple of touchdown yep. passes, and you go, that was him. I'm going to evaluate him like every other that's quarterback. What, that's my like question. Like every other quarterback. Yeah. Like I don't start evaluating the quarterbacks from anything. I put, the, I put, I watch them, and that's what it is. Like a lot of people say, well, he's good for uh, for what? It's either your quarterback or a guard or a quarterback or a linebacker. You're not good, for, not good for a rookie or good for a tenth year player or good for a 45 year old guy. Either you're good or not. So when Tua put when you put the film on, you feel if you're good as a quarterback or not. And I think when I said Mac Jones, it's because. Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl last year. Mac Jones wasn't a top player last year. The situation put him into the Pro Bowl. I think the Dolphins' situation would have to uh, equate to the success from Tua. And I think if they open it up and they let Tua be the guy that wins games, I just don't know what's the right equation for Miami. Okay, I, but, I if, but if he does. If he does, I'll, I'll, I swear to you, I'll, I'll say to you, look at him. I yeah. was wrong. Yeah. Okay. I've been wrong before. A long time ago, though. We just I don't did, even remember. We, we just did I don't even th- remember it. It was I, so long ago. We just did Why are you picks? bringing up old stuff? <laughs> That's five minutes ago. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> anyway, remember the last time I got six things wrong in a row. Let me carry on before Jay keeps on bringing up <laughs> old stuff that, that I is, don't want that to that be brought. That's a beautiful thing. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. And uh, our Rays did salvage that series in uh, Boston. What has been the biggest surprise so much uh, t- this, to this season to this point? Positive or negative? Get okay. on the horn. Let us know. I like it. We'll be back. The other side was Ray Talk. Back with the Retro. 95.3 WDA. If there's now, more Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher on WDAE. did that one video with that uh, yellow banana hammock. I didn't like that one. Oh, boy. You know what I'm saying? A little too much of me, Hammer. Yeah. Don't hurt him, Hammer. All right, welcome back to uh, Beckles and Retcher. And uh, our Rays did get one uh, out of that series. It's a good thing. Because uh, I was ready to blame myself again for getting positive again on Friday. I was ready to get positive, And I was like, I don't want to do it. And I thought they were going to get swept. But they didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what is your question you're, you're putting out to our, to, to our people? My question is, what has been the biggest surprise of the season? Or just any surprise of this race season? 888 Four six twenty. Start that text with D A. Or excuse me, that's the toll free number. D A E on the text line eight two nine four five. Bar two four D A text line. Again, we are streaming live, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And to me, I, I bring up that question because of a guy like Isak Paredes. Yeah, no doubt. Two home runs yesterday. Three walks. Got on base five times. When it rains, it pours with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. He is just a guy that when he is rolling, yeah, that's the guy I want up. In a big time situation, so one of the biggest surprises of the year to me, Isak Paredes, and he's got 18 home runs now in the year. You know how many Austin Meadows has? Many. Yes. Five. Less. Three. Less. Two. Less. Not odd. It's not zero, is it? Zero. Are you serious? There you go. So you think we got the best out of trade? Did it? Every trade. Every every single trade. Because we insert trade here. 
We questioned Meadows. We questioned it, and you know, I there, didn't question. There's, no, there's didn't, a proof. Did we question? Did you question? Not it? really. I didn't. Not really. I don't really question a whole lot the Rays do. I really don't. Yeah. You, you have to look back at the history, and they're pretty good at what at what they do. I think you have to go back and look at a, a Harold Ramirez and his fabulous blue hair and what he's done this year. Yeah, that's got to be something that we didn't really expect. Um, just, and I, I would say, just in general, for the Rays to be where they are right now. Considering who they have not had at a lot of times this year, I just don't think we could have said at the beginning of the year if this happens and this this happens and this happens, they're going to be here. If I if I would have broke down scientifically the way what the race season would be like to this point, including how Ramirez barely being there, and you say this is a record, I'm pretty sure we'd all go hell yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty darn good. Another big surprise to me, as you mentioned, how Ramirez is a big surprise, and another big surprise. I don't know if big surprise. I thought Josh Lowe was going to be a guy that was going to contribute mm. big time this year. He seemed to be a guy that was ready to take that step. He was part of the reason that they made the deal for Austin Meadows to bring Isak Paredes in here, and it just it didn't click, and he looks very, very uncomfortable at the plate. Right. I just don't like his batting stance. He looks like he uses a bat that's too small. He looks like he's really fighting it up there, and I just... I don't know. Is he going to be a guy that's part of the future? I I couldn't tell you. He looks uncomfortable. To play. He looks he very looks uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable to play. And another surprise to me has to be the lack of production from Wander Franco, just Period. not being in the lineup because of the injuries yep. and uh, the recovery from the handmade bone. It's for mm. him to be sore and not being able to come back. It worries me because you would think as a young guy he'd be able to recover and recuperate. Quicker, sure, but it hasn't been the case. So if he does come back, hand injuries sometimes those are a pain, and when you know it gets affected, there is the power. So it's going to be tough for him to have that power to come back and be a force in the middle of the lineup. We see how it's affecting a guy like G Man Choi. We always saw G Man in the middle of the lineup. Now I've yep. seen him towards the end because you kind of got to make an adjustment. He ain't the same at bat. He ain't the same in bat here yeah. as of late. And if you remember at the beginning of the season, I did make a prediction that uh, Arroyo Reina would have a bigger year than Franco. You were right. Offensively. But this is not why I did it, though. It wasn't no, because. But you're like, right, though, buddy. Kind of right. I was right. But I, I, it was really because I just thought that Wander Franco would take this year, this year to get acclimated, mm-hmm. to have some growing pains. And I just thought Randy was further along in his career, and I think he is. I mean, Randy... Randy's one of our better bats right now yeah. for the last month, month and a half. So Randy's doing his thing. If Randy stays like this and Wander comes back, but listen, we keep on saying if. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if. You know, so when the ifs go away, then we're ready to rock and roll. But we've been ifing all season. We've not been full strength He's yet. We've been ifing yeah. all season. All season we've been ifing. You know, if, if, but when are the ifs going to go away? When are we going to see uh, a race team at full strength? Yeah. It's, been, it's been a while. Yeah, it's let's go to Matthew in St. Pete eight 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 five four six four six twenty. Let's go to go ahead, Matthew. What's up, buddy? Yeah, you guys were uh, talking about race trades and everything, um, and uh, I don't care what anyone says. I still think trading Blake Snell was a huge mistake, and a lot of people, you know, will say, "Well, he was struggling in San Diego," but they they leave out the fact that maybe he was really successful because he was with uh, Ken Snyder. And maybe he just thrives in Tampa. I hate when people make that, you know, angle that, you know, they're not doing, like, for instance, Austin Meadow. Maybe he just is successful in Tampa. They always leave out the factor. I think where you play is a huge factor at all times. Okay. So I, I still think Blake Snell is a huge mistake, and I, and I 
I think it really uh, set back our pitching. All right, I, I, like I don't disagree with what you said. I'm going to say this. Uh, I was, well, I'm going to say this. Uh, if you still want Snell, it's one thing. Okay, I guess Snell's a good, still a good baseball player. We can still use Snell. But you think, where would we put him? Where would we put Blake Snell right now? Where would you put him? Not, he's not on this team. That's I think it was a good idea. I think it was a good trade for the only, for multiple reasons. One, he's 5-7 five, five and seven with a four two four ERA in one of the more hitter-friendly ballparks in all of baseball in Petco Park in San Diego. That's one. Number two, one of the four players, four players, let me say again, four players that came across was Francisco Mejia. Who has been fantastic for yeah. the Rays this year, especially when uh, Mike Zanino has gone down. He's been great behind the plate, and also he's been a good at bat as well. So Blake, I think it made a lot of sense. I mean, you're looking at a guy whose numbers have gotten progressively worse, and you'd rather a trade a guy before he hits that decline. Same thing as when you take a pitcher out of the game; you'd rather take him out of the game before he gives up the ball, the big home run, rather mm-hmm. than after he gives it up. You can't tell me that Blake Snell was going to be better than when he was. Before the trade, I mean, that Cy Young year, he was incredible. But how many good years does he have left after that? He's 29 years old. I get it. But to me, I'm not taking Drew, I'm not taking Blake Snell over Drew Rasmussen. Nope. I'm not taking Blake Snell over Shane McClanahan. Nope. Or Sorry. Kluber. I don't know about Kluber. That either. might be a toss up. Okay. To me. That might be a toss up. But I mean, I look at those two guys. Who's got better numbers this year? Blake Snell or Jeffrey Springs? Mm hmm. And he's making a lot less money. He's not making $12.5 million this year. I, I don't necessarily hate that deal, especially when you're getting four guys for one. You got Louis Patino in that deal. You got Cole Wilcox and Blake Hunt. We've yet to really see their impact with the big club. But Luis Patino is much younger, man. You're mm-hmm. looking at a guy that's 21, 22 years old. That's going to be a big part of this team for the next couple of years. That can pitch in multiple roles. Uh, I, Man, I love Blake. You know that. Mm-hmm. But it just I think it was the right deal. I do, too. And you brought up a couple of names. Mejia. Mejia and uh, Springs were two names that I had on on my list of surprising players, positively. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like those, I don't know if Snell. If you kick any of those four guys we have in our rotation out right now, I really yeah. don't. And listen, pitching ain't our problem. Pitching's not the problem. Okay, if everybody says what's the issue with with, with the race, and there's not really an issue. Okay, they're up and down. It's bats, not it's not arms. I just at any time has our has our pitching been the issue this year? Very not not very often, anyways. There's how many times have we said, "Wow, we wasted a pitching outing." We've said that too too many times. And to me, we have enough arms if that's possible. We could use a couple more bats. I think the catching position is huge. Francisco yeah. Mejia and trading midseason for Christian Bethencourt. Oh yeah. yeah, he throws the ball pretty well from the from the mound yeah, as he does. well. Uh, but man, for Bethencourt to be able to come in the middle of the season and be that productive offensively and defensively, it's just so smooth for him. I've been super impressed with those guys as well. And to me, another surprise is how much better we've seen from Taylor Rolls over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He's coming up with some big hits. He's been solid defensively for the most part as it's gone forward. Some good surprises for me. I mean, looking on the back end of the bullpen, I mean, I, I want to see Nick Anderson in there. I want to see... You see what happened to Brendan McKay through one pitch, some issues with his UCL. Poor yeah, guy. Well, I mean, Brendan McKay, I, I'll just be honest. I, you he, weren't expecting anything from him. Anyway. I, I haven't really brought up his name as something that somebody's going to help for a long no. time. Because I, I remember his first start, then he kind of came and went, and then he's kind of been up and down. And since then, I, he's really not been part of a whole lot of conversation. So if we get anything from Brendan McKay, it would be a positive. But I don't know if the I don't know if the Rays are expecting that right now. It's it's unfortunate though because um, 
there was high expectations when he first came about. First round pick. So I'm saying first round. He's number a, four yeah. overall. Number four. Two A player. Okay, yeah. and I'm like, that'd be great. The he, first pitch of the appearance in AAA Durham. He was going to be our Shohei Otani. Not happening. Not happening. I feel for the guy. Yeah, seen him at more lightning games than I've seen him at race games. Listen, I know a little bit about being injured and not being able to play. That's got to be frustrating, and it's got to be frustrating to be injured, and you never really started. You yeah. never really started. Same thing with Brent Honeywell. That's he's it. Still kind of dealing with it, trying to How many years navigate have we been his bringing way. Up his name? I, he's with Five? Oakland. He's navigating his way through the minor leagues now in Oakland. So he's he's healthy. He's just not pitching all that well. But it's been a good five years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easily. Another surprise, you'd have to say, is Tyler Glass now signing that deal. Yeah. I mean, because you, it's a good surprise. You, you brought it up very mm-hmm. early this year that he was a possible trade candidate. And he still could be. Yeah. Because you know what? The race still don't pay as much as everybody else. No, and then that third year, or se- yeah. second year after this one, will be 25. Now. Yeah. So... I mean, somebody can get a steal from Tyler Glass now. That's a possibility. And he went when and if he becomes healthy here, he's going to be one of our high-paid guys, okay? So, once again, if the Rays do get rid of him and get somebody else in here, I like what they're going to bring in already. Yeah. I like what they bring in. Like, they're good at what they do. Here's a good text from the 813 on the Bartow 4 da text line. Yeah, but can anyone beat the Dodgers in the playoffs? <laughs> I tell you what. I watched, there and see. I watched a game last night. Atlanta and St. Louis. Man, those are two good baseball teams. St. Louis is tough. They are grimy. They have the bookends. You got Paul Goldschmidt, who could win the Triple Crown this year. Nolan Arenado, you know how much I love that guy. Mm-hmm. And they just grind. And they have great pitchers. Wayne Wright on the mound last night, turning back the clock at 40 years old, throwing curveballs as good as anybody in the game. Mm-hmm. And then Atlanta, just they called these guys up. Vaughn Grissom and... Uh, the kid Strider they have, I think it's Spencer Strider, their starter. He's incredible to go mm-hmm. with the Cunha Jr. They lost Freddie Freeman, and they haven't really missed a beat. How about the Mets? The Mets with Scherzer and DeGrom and the guys they picked up in the offseason and Marte. Man, it's that National League, those four teams, Dodgers, Mets, mm-hmm. Braves, and Cardinals, watch out. I hope they beat each other up Yeah, somehow. Yeah, and the Phillies have been playing outstanding baseball, and they just got mm-hmm. Bryce Harper back as well. So a lot of firepower over there. Though. It is. Like, the lots of firepower. NL, is, there is a lot of big talent there right now. Did you see that the Mets did the uh, old-timers game over the weekend? I don't think I saw that. Yeah. Who played it at? Probably more than I've ever seen. Really? Bartolo Colon was there. How did he look? Paid, <laughs> he looked the same. About to say, same. How big was his hat? Big, uh, the big hat? He's side nine and Real big. nine and six eight. Nine and seven eighteen. Uh, Daryl Strawberry was there. Dwight Gooden was there. Mm. Bartolo, Pedro Martinez, uh, Ray Knight, Mike Piazza. Nice. Everybody was there. They had so many people, and they retired Willie Mays' number, number twenty-four, because, and I think that's really cool because he did play a little bit at the end of his career with the Mets. But you know, they got the colors, the blue and orange, from the Dodgers and the Giants that left. So mm. to have them kind of retire his number, I just thought it was a nice gesture. We have. Arguably the greatest baseball player of all time. Sure. I never think that's a bad move to retire somebody's number like that. Nah. People were getting bent. I saw some people online getting bent out of shape. How could the NBA retire Bill Russell's numbers? Like, come on. What shouldn't we be what does looking? It do to you? But shouldn't we be looking for ways to honor people? Thank you. Like, there's so many things that divide us in this country, whether it's your religion, your politics, your sexuality, all the stuff that people have these, cr- they just flip out over. Like, when people are trying to celebrate something hmm. and celebrate all the good that somebody did and how good that they played on the field, on the court, on the ice. Like, what's the big deal? Like, you never heard anybody in hockey go, man, it sucks. Nobody can wear 99 anymore. Like, no. No, nobody wants it's it. It's not. 
Like nobody complained no, about that. No. I was like, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, it's like that all the but time. But if they retired, like let's say they retired number twelve mm-hmm. in, in football because of Tom Brady, hey, whatever, whatever. If somebody thinks that's a good idea, I no, don't that's going to be a backlash. I don't think it's that a bad one's thing. going to be a backlash. But why? If you think somebody from uh, the Dolphins doesn't want to wear number twelve because of Tom Brady, it's not going to work. All right, it's well, not you can say that about well, you, yeah. well, the Lakers. You think the Lakers don't want to wear six because of Bill Russell and all the times the I Lakers can be tough for a football player. All right, well, forget. Don't go too deep. I'm just saying, using it as an example. Sure, absolutely. Okay, if there's a number that some, like let's say Pat Tillman, if they decided to okay. stop you, issuing the number forty because mm-hmm. of Pat Tillman, would anybody be upset with that? I mean, yes. Are you asking me? But that tells you everything. One hundred percent. Jay, lots of people are going to be upset. That's what people do. That's what we do on this planet. No, I get we it, love I to be upset. I don't. I don't. I try not to myself. But I, I, I watch people. That's, I'm like you. Just, therein lies my point. You though. just want to be upset. Yeah. Like you, you can't. You got up this morning. You were like, what? What's gonna piss me off today? Oh my gosh! Seriously, I'm gonna be pissed, so pissed. off about something today. For real. So pissed. Don't be the one. Don't be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are your thoughts on KK from the seven two seven? KK, uh, two letters, both after the letter J, mm-hmm. back to back. Kevin Kiermaier, I think his time yeah. with the Rays is done. I would say it's a surprise he's not up there. He's always been there. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't he's, think that's a surprise. He's always, no. But he's always been there. KK's always, whether he's on I.O., but he's always been there. He's always been the rock. And even if he was hurt, he was always a guy. People are always talking about him being the leader. We're not hearing KK's name anymore right now. Listen, we may not ever again. We may not ever again. Uh, listen, you got to say, if he goes elsewhere, I don't know if anybody could ever say anything bad about KK. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could say he could have done this better, could have done that better, but it wasn't for lack of effort. You know what I'm saying? He was out there, and he balled out. He played hurt, and he left it all out there. Do I think we're better off to move on? I do. I, I think we're just as good as Sirius showed me a little bit right now, and maybe it's just time to move on. Yeah. You know, you might still be able to get some for KK. It's possible. Yeah, but when you're dealing when your game is predicated on speed. Correct. And you have and he's losing hip it. problems, yeah. no bueno. Well, just before... He went on IR. I was watching a couple of games and I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Back in the day that he walks yeah. in there and he just he's just not that fast anymore. And when you take away that one thing, that's his one thing is speed and effort. And he has the effort, but when you take that speed out, he's, he's just not the same, unfortunately. All right. When we return on the other side, we mentioned how Tom Brady is number one on the NFL's top one hundred. We got the yeah. whole list up on our page, Beckelsandretcher.com. Go check it out now during the break. We're going to take a look at the rest of yeah. the NFL's top 100 list. We have guys that were overrated, underrated, or maybe graded just right. Now. We'll talk about that on the other side. Beckles and Renter, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. The Pat and Aaron Show, tomorrow at noon. Now back to Beckles and Renter on WDAE, streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. All right, welcome back. Beckles and Retcher, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. The NFL Top 100. Now, my favorite part about these lists is the interviews mm. from the players and discussing like why they had guys in certain mm-hmm. areas and certain parts of the list. And just to hear them discuss Tom Brady, I, just, I love that. The reverence that they have for a player that they're still going against mm-hmm. every Thursday, Sunday, Monday, whatever. But that wasn't the only member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the list. There was a, a good amount of other players on there. And let's talk about Tristan Wirfs first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You had them. At, they have them at forty-one. Yeah. Too high, too low, nope. just right. What do you think? It's just right. Just right. I think it's just right because. But I'm shocked though. You got to think. This is second. He only played two years in the NFL. Okay. To get to number forty-one, that has him ranked the third highest lineman in all of the NFL. Yeah. But usually you don't rank a right tackle that high. Very rarely. Like I can't think of another right tackle that would ever have been ranked this high. And he's still going up. If he plays three more years and he's still – I'm not sure he's not going to switch to left eventually. But Tristan Wirth's not going to go down if he stays healthy. He's going to go up because he only has two years of film. To be number 41 to me is fantastic and and worthy. He's that good. I mean, we know how good he is, but clearly his his compadres know how good he is as well. It's also a huge, huge benefit that he plays with Tom Brady. Of course it is. Because there's no way he'd be on that list. If it wasn't for Tom Brady. Well, I think, well, I'm going to say, um, well, Tom Brady is exposure. Okay? Yeah. Uh, eyes. Prime time. My, my, I played here in Tampa Bay for seven years. And we had. How many? Seven. We had one pro bowler. Was, and it was Wayne Haddix. And he was a corner. Shouldn't have made it. He had a bunch of picks. And he also gave, he reminded me of Diggs. Javon Diggs. He reminded me of Diggs. Shouldn't have made it, but he made it. Good for him. That's all good. The year I left. And after Tony Dungy, I think they had seven Pro Bowlers. Seven. We had seven in seven. We had one in seven years and seven in one year. It's exposed. Now all of a sudden they're on TV. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady is going to do what? Put you on TV. Put eyes on the product. All eyes. You're going to be on Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday primetime against the Cowboys. You're going to be eyes on you, bro. You ball out and Tom Brady's on the field. There's a lot more people watching you. So that goes a long way for sure. But he deserves it. I agree, and good for Tristan Wirfs to come in there at number 41. Man. Also good to see Mike Evans at 53, mm-hmm. just right? Uh, I think he could have got a little higher. I don't know about higher. Lower? Yeah. I, really? Well, if we did this three years ago, higher. He's, he's a thousand not, yards every he's, year. Yeah, but he's not young anymore. Every year, I get but, it. But, a thousand yards is a little different now because it's an extra game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Devin White at 64, how'd you like him there? thought it was high. Really? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's that high per, personally. Well, okay, so if I, if I say this, and once again, I'm not, not dogging Devin White by any means, but, like it now. but this is about making plays. Okay, he don't make more plays than Buda Baker. And Buda Baker is below him. Mm-hmm. He don't make more plays than Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan's below him, and we can keep on going. Once again, not dogging him out. I just thought that was a little bit high. Seventy-five, Antoine Winfield Jr. on the way up. Okay, yeah, I thought that was good. Good spot. Yeah, good and then uh, Shaq Barrett, eighty-six. Okay. Yeah. Once again, a couple years ago, it might have been a little higher. Mm-hmm. I think 80, 80, 86 is good. All right, let's go over some of the other names outside of the Buccaneers on this list. of one. Remember, these are the this is the players. So Correct. sometimes you look at this list and you go, yep, mm-hmm. I see it. And then other times you look at it and you go, eh. Well, it's their list. It's their list. So it can't be wrong. So it's their opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at eight seems weird to me. What does it say? Too low? Absolutely. <laughs> There's one we circle. Didn't, eight, we we eight, didn't look at each other's list says before that. Come on. Patrick Mahomes is the eighth best football player? I'll be damned. No way. Get out of here. Okay, so we're starting a league. We're starting a team. You're going to start with Devontae Adams, TJ Watt, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald, or Tom Brady, or Patrick Mahomes. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. That's where I'm going. It's not, sometimes you see this in sports where guys get success early in the league. Mm-hmm. And then you win a championship, and then a couple of years later you don't win a championship. And, and they want to hate you. Well, they, they, they start poking holes in your game. Little things. And we've seen that across sports. And I don't think it's 
And you look at Patrick Mahomes, he can do anything on the field. Throw behind the back, <laughs> throw anyway. left-handed. Anyway. He's nuts. They're holding it against him now. They are holding they're, it against him. They're holding it against him. I saw a little meme one day. Look at this guy was wide open. He did it. Oh no! Look. Okay. Okay. You picked one play. Good for you. Yeah. What about in his career? What about him throwing five times as many touchdowns as interceptions? What about that? What mm-hmm. about him losing no more than three games a, a, a season? How about that? Those are pretty important things, I think. Anybody else in that top fifteen? That I thought Trent Williams should be higher. Yes, fourteenth. Yeah. yeah. I thought Tyreek Hill too high. I agree with you on that one. I think he's more... Okay, we're going to find out we're this We're going to find out. I think he's a lot well, of it is a, is a product of his environment now. We mentioned that during the break after we were talking about Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Mm-hmm. One of the worst things in sports, whether you're a front office, you're a coaching staff, or a fan base, is kind of not knowing how good a player is. I think it's anything in life. One of the worst things is not knowing where you stand. There's a lot of times where you just want to know, is this player good or not? Mm-hmm. We had a perfect example of that with Jamie Swinston. Where there was just a lot of yeah, but and but he does this. That's terrible. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns just went through it with Baker Mayfield. The Miami Dolphins are going to go through it this year with Tua. The Giants are going to go through it with this year with Daniel Jones. You just want to know: is this guy good or not? Well, I mean, it's a good question, but they went through this last year too. Yeah, but you want to see if if it goes. Bad with mm-hmm. two in my like. I think Dolphins. Of course, I know they want to win, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that they would want to just know. Okay, he's not the guy. Let's go find somebody that is the guy. It is tough. It's tough because we can say what we want. Because I know Giants fans feel the same way. Sure, and I think there's been a lot more of Daniel Jones scene. There's a lot more film of Daniel Jones. Okay, I think Giants fans. There's more people hating on Daniel Jones than there is Tua. Okay, I just. No man, there's a lot of hate out there for Tua. I, I know that. Okay, I think a lot of the hate for Tua is has to do with where he was drafted. Okay, yeah, they were both drafted in the first round. Yeah, I, I think I, I have not heard many people on Daniel Jones' side. I'm listening. Well, I, we did have Sam Munson on mm-hmm, here last year, mm-hmm. and in the first three or four games, he was graded he was, out. He was he was one. Well, he was graded out. I yeah. think in the first couple games, yeah. as high as Tom Brady, which sure. is ironic sure. enough, even though they didn't win because. In the running game, he's a fantastic runner mm-hmm. and short passes. But listen, there's also some of those throws that make you go, Eesh. yeah, not but good. They haven't, I don't think they figure out what he is yet. You know what I'm saying? And that's you know, with with this list, a lot of this list has to do that's contingent on other other things. Like for me, it's like that with a lot of players and a lot of sports, sure. Isn't it? To me, I find it ludicrous to put Joe Burrow ahead of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Didn't Matthew Stafford just beat him in the big game? Mm-hmm. Matthew it's Stafford. It's more than just a quarterback. You say that. It is more than just yeah. a quarterback, but Matthew, how has Joe Burrow done more than Matthew Stafford or been more successful? Well, I don't know if it's a, it's not a lifetime achievement, mm-hmm. work because if it's that, then how do you put Micah Parsons at 16? To me, that's, he's defensive rookie of the year. He's a hell of a player. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's pretty darn you good. Have Micah Parsons, that's, you're telling me he's the 16th best football player and Trayvon Diggs is the 23rd? On, on Tell film, me Micah Parsons is pretty darn good, dog. That's one year. Pretty, I understand that. You but, need on, to, but on year, film, I'm going to look at him and I'm not going to evaluate him as a rookie. You want Micah Parsons or, Sha- or Shaquille Darius Leonard right now? I don't know if I don't take Micah Parsons on okay, that one. I'm Trayvon serious. Diggs? Too high at 23? Way too high. Okay. Okay. Way too high. About to say. Come on. First of all, the fact he made a Pro Bowl is ludicrous, okay? Yeah. Even Dallas Cowboy fans laugh at Trevon Diggs. Seriously. We we had somebody at the cafe, we're bringing up Trevon Diggs, and somebody goes, He made a Pro Bowl last year? They're like, he gave up so much booty. That's a fact. It's a fact that he gave up booty. Quick question, guys. 
There's one glaring omission. I don't know if you guys got to this yet. An omission? Glaring omission. Okay. Levante David. Hmm. I don't think we even noticed that. How do you not have Levante David as a top 100 player? A disrespect. That's a good question. I'm okay with that. Listen, I thought Levante David played as well last year as he's played in a while. Okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe he deserves to be on this list. No doubt. And if you talk about lifetime achievement, I mean, Levante needs to be on there for sure. But I thought Levante played pretty darn well last year. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a guarantee, though. I didn't look at the no, list. No, nothing's, guar- nothing's I guaranteed. Just, I don't know if he's, you know, I don't really, at this point of his career, mm-hmm. do I think he's a top 100 player? I, I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a damn good mm-hmm. player, but who are you taking off the list? So this, In that linebacker position, you taking Shaq Barrett off? Uh, okay, I would ask you this. Von Miller, Von who, Miller's 93. Who's a better player, Von Miller or Levante David? I would ask you this question. Who played better last year, Levan, Von, Levante or Devin White? I think Levant, for me, it's Levante. Okay. For me. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not dogging out Devin White. I just thought Levante, you know, if he was on this list, I would be okay with it. It doesn't mean anybody just doesn't deserve to be on this list. You know, I'll tell you another name. Honey Badger, 70, get out of here. Too Higher. Low. Higher. For sure. Quentin Nelson at 28 seemed low to me. That seemed low. Yeah. I'll give you one that I didn't even know why he ended up on this damn list. Seriously. <laughs> James Conner. Yeah, I didn't. How was how was James Conner better than Levante David? Yeah, James, James Conner fifteen hundred yards last two seasons, fifteen hundred rushing yards. What is it? What is it? What? Come on, you, look at number fifty-seven on the list. Fifty-seven is. <laughs> but you know why I'm not upset about that? It's Kyler Murray. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because if everything's not okay, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's great. If everything's okay, I don't know if he's that great. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Because there's certain things where, okay, Tom Brady was the first on the list, okay? And I wouldn't have picked Tom Brady first. I wouldn't have. I would have picked Aaron Donald myself, okay? I'm okay with Tom Brady being up there. But what what was the question? Like, what did they pose to the players? Who are the best players? Like, how was it posed? Because that's important. Because mm-hmm. you're saying top players. Just top players. So everything being equal, on a, say, say we have a bad offensive line. You want Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? With a bad offensive line? It's mm-hmm. got to be Pat Mahomes. I'll take Colin Murray over Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Or with a bad offensive line. Yeah. That's where when you say somebody is tops, it should be regardless. Like when I hear tops, like to me tops is Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders. Like, like Tom Brady, I get it, but it's hard for me to put a quarterback up there because there's so much other stuff has to be a big part of it. Because if that offensive line falters, man, it ain't going to be pretty this year. Just letting everybody know. Von Miller at 93? Well, that might be too high. I'm not sure if he's that too guy. High? I'm not sure he's that guy anymore. Got big contract. I understand. But I, I think he is. He played fantastic in the playoffs and sure, in the Super Bowl. But he's not been, he ain't been healthy. Who'd you have at, what about number 94? Uh, Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker? He might be higher. I, I think he should be higher. I'd put him higher. If Justin Only Tucker was 10... Okay, <laughs> but number ten. No, but serious though. No, what he he's does, gonna go, but he's going to go down as the best kicker of all time. Okay, he's, he's not going to win a lot, of, but he's still no, one of the best kickers. Of, he is going to. He is going yes, to win a lot yes, of he games. Is. That is that yeah. is a really really good question. Mm-hmm. Out of all the players, who is going to directly mm-hmm. impact their team? He's got just oh, yeah, outside sure. of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. He's got a great argument. Like, hey, sure. what about me? Sure. I'm the guy at the end of the game kicking it, mm-hmm. sending my team to a, a win or not. Leonard Williams at 97. I don't even think he should be on the list. And then Kirk Cousins at 99. 
He's another guy I think that gets a lot of heat. I, I agree with that. But for no reason. I think Kirk Cousins on the in the right situation could be, do whatever he wants. I think he could win a Super Bowl in the right Kirk, spot. Kirk Cousins on the Miami Dolphins, I think they, they go to playoffs clearly. Clearly. Justin Jefferson has been fantastic the first two years. Don't tell me it has nothing to do with how well Kirk Cousins of course. plays. Tyron so, Smith, 92. He has been, yeah, he had yeah. been great. But my goodness. Now he's banged up. He won't be in there week one. Yeah. I, offensive line. I love to hear people saying this. Oh, it's not going to be that big a deal. They'll get some. <laughs> you lost your left tackle. Not a big deal, huh? In training camp. Okay. Because, you know, the Buccaneers are in a situation now where I can say everything's going to be okay, but you ain't going to hear that come out in my darn mouth, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we may be down to our third center and our third guard. And we didn't even know if our first center and guard could block anybody. So, I mean, we're in, we're in a situation right now. So, the Buccaneers have to, and watching that first preseason game, what is the one thing I've been saying that the Buccaneers are probably going to do? Run the football more. Well, how did I say they were going to do it? And they did it. The first first snap, shotgun. Mm-hmm. I said that. I said, I don't see the Buccaneers lining up with Brady under center, eye formation, tight end. I don't, we're not really built that way. I, we came out with four wides, and we ran, the, we ran the ball out of shotgun. I think we're going to do a lot of that this year. I think we're just going to match up because I don't know if we can pound anybody. But if we put our four best wide receivers out there and let Brady do his thing, I don't know if anybody can mess with that. Yeah, but I you know? I look at a guy like Coquif that they drafted. Mm-hmm. He's going to play that old like Luke Stocker role where he'll okay. be the fullback sometimes, and he's got that smash mouth. Mm-hmm. If you get him in there, Ian, you get you play with more of. You want to take the pressure off of Tom Brady sure. and these younger guys. Mm-hmm. And as a offensive lineman, like you've always said, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? You want to run the football. Well, you can run the ball out of any formation. That's the thing. I understand that. You know what but I mean? what I'm saying is is that when you have a young offensive line and you think it's going to take time for these guys to gel, mm. don't you think running the football early on in the year is going to be paramount for this team until there is chemistry 100%. built on the offensive line? 100%. It's not, I'm not really talking so much about us running. It's just the formation part. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No, I, just don't, you know, I just don't know if we have – do we want to see uh, two tight ends on the field at one time? Like, we don't have one wicked tight end. We want to see two. That's taking away two great weapons. I would rather see all of our wide receivers out there. One running back and Tom Brady. And go from there. And spread them out. Because we're not, I don't know how physical we we are. I think we're more finesse. I think you have to be physical, no? I don't think you have to be. I mean, I don't mean there's teams that won that aren't overly physical, you know? I don't well, know if Kansas City, Kansas City is an overly physical team. They're more finesse to me. You can win championships that way, offensively, mm-hmm. not defensively. You got to yeah. kick some ass well, defensively. You, you mentioned Tyron Matthew, yeah. Chris Jones. You got to do that defensively. Absolutely. But offensively, especially with Chris Godwin, his status unknown. Mm-hmm. That's why, Ian, I'm leaning more towards running the football, playing that smash oh, mouth type of game early on in the year. Yeah. Because if you have Kyle Rudolph on one side and let's say a Otten on the other side. Mm, or, I don't like the sound of it. It doesn't scare nobody. To run the football? I mean, if if that's what we're doing, you run. The- I, I I just don't see them lining up in two tight ends and run the football. I, that's not their mentality. Like I'm, I'm almost never. Last year we were more built for that, and we didn't do it. Like this year we're not built for it. So maybe they surprised me and do it this year. I don't know, but we're not really built that way. If I say what's the strength of our offense, it's our quarterback and our wide receivers. That's how we have to win football games. It's definitely not our offensive line. It ain't that right now, not for sure. And understand, it ain't our tight end. I don't know if I've seen our tight ends do much of anything in the preseason. So if you have an ability to put a, the ball in the running back's hands mm-hmm. with guys like Leonard Fournette, okay, Keyshawn Vaughn, Shaw White, and you run behind Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it sounds great. Exactly. It sounds great. I just don't think we're built that way, though. I don't. I don't think I've never seen the Bucks do that. What better combination in the league with the right tackle and right guard? Where are you going to get with Tristan Wirfs and Shaq Mason, a guy who graded out higher than Ali last year? Well, I mean, who's our tight end? Do we have fullbacks in there? We could run that way out of shotgun. We could do that. Okay. You know, it's just to me, it's it's a different feel when everybody has their hand on the ground than if everybody's in shotgun. You see, it's a different feel. It's more mm-hmm. of a passive thing. I just don't know if we're we're more we're leaning. We're more passive, I think. So, what change do you think will have to be made this year then? Because you you've been saying that there has mm-hmm. to be a change in the mindset and the philosophy Correct. where they have to run the football more. So, is it just running the football out of the shotgun? It's just you have to run the football, but it's the way they run the football. I just think they're going to run the football more out of wide, you know, mm-hmm. four wide receivers. Even early on in the year with these mm-hmm. guys banged up? Yeah, because the first snap of the game, we came up in that. And they might not do it, I don't, mm-hmm. but the first snap of the game, they came out, Tom Brady and shotgun, four wide receivers, and I was like, okay, okay, maybe we, they did that for a reason, you know what I mean? Maybe that's, maybe they just want people to see it. That's possible that's, as well. That's, that, that's, that's possible that's as well. That's where I'm kind of getting yeah. at with that, because I feel like the Buccaneers are going to change their game plan. Well, change their game plan would be, Go into shotgun more often because last year we didn't do that that much. I'm talking early on in the season. Okay. I think running the football until Chris Godwin gets back, until you have the ability to go four wide all the time. Okay. Until your offensive line gets healthy mm-hmm. and builds that chemistry, I just feel like you start. You want that offense to really be flying towards the middle, towards the end of the season, so you get ready for the playoffs. Well, we're hoping Chris Godwin's there the first week. That's possible. Hoping. That's possible. That's possible. Is that an if? That's a huge if. Oh, you don't. Love <laughs> the, you don't like the ifs. Huge capital I, capital F. It happens. It happens. (laughs) All right, when we return on the other side, there's a slew of NFL roster moves, including the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. They cut two veterans. We'll tell you who on the other side. But first, Jane Ian for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're planning on getting engaged, whether it's this summer, Christmas, New Year's, whenever, head on over to the Golden Diamond Source. Never too early to plan ahead. We know that buying a diamond ring is a big deal, and you want to do your homework. Well, our friends at the Golden Diamond Source have informed their staff to help you understand diamond buying and to ensure you get the best diamond for your budget. The Golden Diamond Source is a jewelry super center and has the jewelry to fit any budget, whether it's two fifty, five hundred, a thousand, five thousand, or fifty thousand. And with their diamond savings account, your diamond will never lose its value. If you ever want to trade it in, you don't need to look at the fine print. They'll give you a hundred percent of its value towards a bigger, better diamond. They also have nine full time jewelers in house for all your jewelry needs. You just don't have a friend in the jewelry business, you have the entire Weintraub family. Make sure to make it a Golden Diamond Source diamond. The Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omenton Road in Clearwater, and always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. With Ronnie and T-Kraz, tomorrow morning at 6. Now back to Beckles and Retcher on WDAE, streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. All right, welcome back to Beckles and Retro on this fine Monday afternoon. Hopefully everybody had a beautiful weekend. I want to add one more name I'm going to talk about. Lamar Jackson, 36, should be substantially higher than 36. Period. Really? Period. You th- I think you put Lamar Jackson on any team and you make, make the playoffs. I think he's that talented. you got to build your offense around the guy. Well, I mean, that's a guy to build around. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you could definitely build around him and not have a whole lot and still make it successful. So I think he's higher than 36. That is just me. Now, uh, latest NFL roster moves. Sonny Michelle cut by the Dolphins as well as Mohamed Sanu. Okay. So there's a couple of guys there. Uh, Jags released Laquan Treadwell. Another guy that I was looking at. Oh, 
See, Sam Darnold got hurt over the weekend. I did. Four weeks. I did. It's funny how, not funny, but it's ironic how things like that kind of. Yeah, kind of unfold themselves. I know. The Steelers getting trade calls on Mason Rudolph. Listen, I know it's just the preseason. Kenny Pickett did look good. Did look good. I know it's just the preseason, but you have to figure that Pittsburgh, just like you've alluded to in the past with having a younger player behind or younger quarterback behind the incumbent, soon as Trubisky falters in Pittsburgh, and it may not be to a fault of him, his own because mm-hmm. of that offensive line, people are going to be clamoring for Kenny Pickett because they're going to say, look at what he did in the preseason. Well, listen, if there's going to be a coach that's going to be affected the least, it'll be Mike Tomlin probably, who doesn't really give, give a crap. And to me, if Pickett looks good, don't trade him. And that's your future. Yeah. Well, you're that's not going to trade him. Yeah, draft your, him in the first round. Yeah, that's your future. So just stick with him. Let him sit back and learn. Mike Tomlin understands the equation. He gets it. He he knows you can't put a young kid in there. Or you can, but you have to babysit him like he did Ben Roethlisberger. He babysat Ben Roethlisberger. I believe Ben went to the Super Bowl his first year, did he not? Or, or in his first couple of years? Go look. He yeah. didn't throw the ball that much. No, no, no. They like, ran, ran the football. Jerome Bettis, played yeah. defense. Yeah. Just like just like Russell Wilson did. Yep. Just like a lot of these other young quarterbacks did. When we got a young James, what do we do? Flingity, 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 all over the place. Flingity, 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 flingity. First flingity, pass, flingity, flingity. No defense, no run game. Flingity, flingity, flingity. It's not an equation for success. Flingity may not be aware, but it is now. It is now. Uh, Brett Kern, the longtime punter for the Titans, was released. And that story with the Buffalo Bills punter, Matt Arisa. That is not a good story. Wow. That's not a good. And his attitude stings. His attitude's funky. Like, I don't I, I don't. I don't know, man. That ain't. That ain't. That ain't what I want. No. No. I, I mean, I don't know the allegations. I guess, but strong, strong allegations. Strong, strong, and strong still allegations. Sign. I know. Yeah. Go read it. It's not good. Yeah. I don't. No, it's not good stuff. None. No none of. None of it. There's going to be more and more uh, roster news over the next couple of days, so we'll definitely keep you the abreast of the situation because, man, you're going to see veterans and. Buccaneers is going to be affected as well. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see guys cut, and I wouldn't be very surprised if there's names cut from the Buccaneers and they get scooped up real quick. I don't, know, a lot if the, of I don't know if there's going to be a lot of surprises. No, uh, not I a think, lot of surprises. I think there might be a wide receiver goal that somebody mm-hmm. may just take a chance with. Yeah, we saw Stearns mm-hmm. get cut today, so unfortunately he was the numbers game, could get pro- brought back. Um, I really want to see Devin Tompkins, see if he makes this roster, because he was damn good in the preseason. We heard Teron Davenport when they were in Nashville I don't know if he's a guy that makes it through waivers. I think he's a guy mm-hmm. that would get picked up. So the Bucks really have to be careful if they see something in this guy and they want to bring him back to the uh, practice squad. It's the risk you take at this time mm-hmm. of the year. Well, that's that's the risk. Okay, yeah. that the, and that's kind of a tough situation towards the end of training camp when you have a kid that you want to hide. Maybe the, you play him because you play him, you show him to everybody. Yeah, you know what's funny was uh, when I was in Philadelphia and Ty Detmer was our quarterback. And Coy Detmer was our backup quarterback. And, and Roy Detmer and, was the yeah, trainer. Right, right. And, you know, we could only keep a couple quarterbacks at that time. And I remember Ty Detmer come up to me and goes, watch this. And I go, watch what? He goes, watch Coy. I go, what am I watching? He goes, just watch. So I'm watching. Coy Detmer takes a step back as a quarterback. Then he just collapses. And look at Ty. He starts giggling. He turns around. So Coy... Lays on the ground. He's, he's yelling, my knee, my knee. And I'm looking. I'm like, what's happening? And all of a sudden, the, the little thing came up, and Coy jumped on the thing, and he got wheeled off while he's yelling, my knee. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Staged. There were some crazy things going on. Always. In Philly, huh? I think they happen everywhere. 
They have those yeah, things happen especially everywhere. Especially there. Yeah, but like hiding people, yeah. that happens everywhere. Yeah. Like you would say, Coy Detmer, hey, Coy, we're going to sit you down the whole year. You're going to lift weights and hang out, and you're just going to be the dude for you. You're going to learn mm-hmm. the system, and you're going to be a practice. He's not even a practice guy. He gets all his salary. So you're saying, Done. That, you're saying that Coy was playing Coy? Why wouldn't you? Either you take practice squad money or you get your entire salary and not play all year and lift weights. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I hear that. So you know how those things go. Okay, we're going to flip the script and come back. We have halftime heat. And then we're also going to give away some tickets. Red Hot Chili Peppers out in Orlando. What a big concert that is going to be. And we asked this question. If you were in the MLB, what would your walk-up song be? Would it be a Red Hot Chili Pepper song? Maybe something else. We'll give you ours on the other side. But first, let me tell you about my friends over at Bates Electric. If you own or you're thinking about buying an electric car, listen, my friends at Bates Electric, they are the way to go. They can install a fast charge station in your home or business that'll charge your car in as little as four hours. If you own a business, just ask Bates how you can offset the cost of installing charging stations for your customers with charging credits. There's no job too big. There's no job too small for my friends over at Bates Electric. They're veteran-owned in Tampa for over 30 years. When you think electric, think Bates Electric. For more information, go to BatesElectric.com. Power on with Bates Electric. Lewis on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, and TikTok at 95.3 WDAE. Now back to Beckles and Retter, streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> Make it hot. Ooh, hot. Red hot. That's hot. That is hot. hot. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. It's time for Halftime Heat, presented by Bartow Ford. Oh. Ian Beckles. It took a while, but I think the average football fan is finally realizing how important it is to have at least a good offensive line in the NFL. If you're a Buccaneer fan like myself, you have to be concerned about what's going on in the trenches for our beloved Buccaneers. The Buck, the Bucks may have had a top five offensive line the last two years in front of the great Tom Brady, and Brady clearly makes them better. But we're about to find out how a 45-year-old QB fares with a below-average interior offensive line. We saw the effect of not having Tristan Wirth last year, and we also saw what our Bucks D did to a depleted Chiefs offensive front in the Buccaneers' Super Bowl victory in Raymond James. Let's just hope that Brady's alleged last year isn't marred by him crumbling under the pressure of opponents' defensive lines. This isn't me jumping to conclusions, but we did look below average at best before our two backup, unproven interior linemen went down. It's safe to say that the interior of our offensive line will not be the Bucks' strengths this year. Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, and all of our offensive coaches will have to work around that, which ain't going to be easy. Tom Brady is a magician, but you can't perform from your back. We are finally realizing the most important athletes on the field, and they're the offensive linemen. Go Bucks. Jay Retcher. All right, Monday's halftime heat. Time for my top 10 stars of the weekend. We're going to go with number 10, Doug Brumfield. The sophomore from Inglewood was 21 for 25 for 356 yards and four touchdowns in UNLV's 52-21 win over Idaho State. Go ahead, Doug. What a great name. Number 9, Gerald Oda. Congratulations to Honolulu, Hawaii for winning the Little League World Series with a 13-3 win over Curacao. Oda also coached the Hawaiians to a victory back in 2018 as well. Number eight, Demetrius Johnson. In one of his best performances to date, the former UFC champ obliterated Adriana Marias with a flying knee KO in the fourth round of their one flyweight championship bout. The king returns to his throne. Number seven, Max Verstappen. Mad Max won the Belgian Grand Prix for the second straight year. It's his third straight victory and ninth this season. Dude is dominating the F1 this year. Number six, Ichiro Suzuki. The Seattle legend became the 10th member of the Mariners Hall of Fame over the weekend. 
This dude had two Hall of Fame careers, one in Japan and one here in the States. He's one of the most memorable athletes we've ever seen. Number five, Justin Fields. I know, I know, Ian, it's only the preseason, but he went 14 for 16 for 156 yards and three touchdowns in the Bears preseason win over the Browns. Balling. Number four, Harry Kane. Make it four goals in four games for the Spurs talisman after his brace helped Tottenham to a 2 0 win over Nottingham Forest at City Ground on Sunday. Number three, Isak Paredes. How about this guy? Two for two, two home runs, three RBIs, three runs scored, three walks in the race, 12 4 win over Boston. He leads the team with, what is it, 17, 18 jacks on the year. Number two, Roy McElroy. McElroy rallied from a six-shot deficit in the final round against the number one player in the world and closed with a four under 66 to become the first three-time winner of the FedEx Cup and claim the $18 million bonus. Woo! And number one, Tom Brady. I mean, come on. Who else? <laughs> Good question. That's it. Gronk. Tom Brady. Halftime Heat, presented by Bartow Ford. Tired of big city prices. If you're not going to Bartow Ford, then you're going the wrong way at Bartow Ford. If it's for sale, it's on sale. Don't go the wrong way. Go to BartowFord.com. What's the biggest bonus you ever got? Was it a little short? Was it shy of $18 million? Uh, a little bit. I've had some bonuses, and none of them ain't been close to $18 million. A little bit. Is it going to change your life a little bit, $18 million? You know, it's not funny. Rory. Not him. Not him. Life didn't change. Make that money. You like this? Thank you. Appreciate you. Money. Put it in your pocket. Put the $18 million check in your pocket. You think you direct deposits? Mm-hmm. I hope so. It's a lot of zeros. That's a big check. It's a you lot gotta of take zeros. It to a, if it's a big check, you mm. got to take it to a big check bank. Yeah, dude. We got a pair of tickets to give away to the Red Hot Chili Peppers Camping World Stadium in Orlando, September 15th. The only way you can win them is by calling up now. 888-546-4620. That's the toll-free number. You got to answer this question. If you were in the major leagues, what would your walk-up song be? We have Led Zeppelin fans in here. Well, yeah. we, we have somebody on, on our Barto Ford text line. My song would be Hair of the Dog. Okay. Or, um, my song would be Immigrant Song by All Led right. Zeppelin. So what about yours? Um, I'm going with Here I Go by Mystical, right. It's which is kind of in our introduction to our, our our song, uh, Beckles and Retcher. And uh, it's just always been that song that's got me hyped up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you have a sample of that mm-hmm. for us? Oh, snap. I like that. I can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that. All right. Mine. That's what I've you actually got. had a walk-up song before. I played in a uh, Long Island tournament uh, state like league championship at Duck mm-hmm. Stadium Independent. And mine was this song right here. Oh, snap. Drop it like it's hot. Can I be honest with you? One of the best beats of all time. The first time I heard this song, I, I don't remember who was next to me. I go, best song I've ever heard in my whole life. Ready, Ian? Here we go. Mm, Come on. How do you not have swag on that? Pharrell like Snoop? Can't lose. Come on. Can't lose. No way you're losing with that. That, 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 that duo right there. All right, 888-546-4620. Get on the phone lines now. Our guy John Dugas will start taking your names down. And you got to tell us what your walk-up song would be. It could be funny, too. You got to, you know. We like humor. Humor. We like to laugh. We Good like, humor. We like to laugh. Like the ice cream bar. Do most teams, most teams allow the players to pick up their own. Everybody. Everybody Every does, right? Every team, yeah. Isn't there some teams that have other, isn't there some teams that have players pick it? 
I've heard that before. Well, Hasn't a Rays had one player pick everybody else's? Oh, this I never know. happened. Oh no, 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 no! I'm I'm wrong. I think there, there's usually somebody responsible for the locker room. Yeah, the locker their room locker room music, room yes. music part of it. Yeah, that's a little different. Okay, no, you can't go wrong there. Cannot go wrong. All right. Well, well, I like both of those beats. Bruce in Tampa, waited, that was quick. Called and then he was off. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick, fast, in a hurry. Quick, fast. Flavor vision ain't blurry. <laughs> you, know how that, you know how that goes. Drop it like it's hot. It's just when it comes on, you can't. You don't turn it off. Oh, I didn't know this. You see the top text yeah. here. Yeah, I didn't know that. I really didn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean do. the song ain't great. Stu and Minnie on the text line. If I had a walk up song, it'd be Danza Kururo or Shizm by Tool. Okay. Let's go to Neil in Tampa on the phone lines, 888-546-4620. What's up, Neil? Hey, for the Chili Peppers, put a give it, give it away now. Okay, okay. That's that's a good answer. Oh. Sister, go give it away, give it away. Now, are you a Chili Pepper fan? Yes, I do. I am too. Yes. I, 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 I like uh, Flea. I like Flea, yes. I like, I like everything about Chili Peppers. clothes on. Yeah, yeah, no socks either. Anthony Kiedis. I don't want to see the sock either. The sock. The sock. I remember when I saw that, and I... And I <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was yeah. seeing what I was seeing. No sock puppets. Wow. Flea. No sock puppets, please. No let's go to t- oh. let's go to Tom in Plant City. What you got, Tom? Hey, I would choose Cowboys from Hell from Pantera. Okay. Right. You, you know that song? Yeah. But Pantera's badass. You're you're a Pantera guy, right? I like Pantera. Yeah. I do. I'm, I don't I don't stick in Pantera a lot and go hey, I go crazy and pull my hair out, which I have none of. But I like Pantera though. In, in the right situation. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Frank from Valrico. What you got, Frank? Frank. Frank what's? Frank twice. Frank Trace. Yeah, oh. you're out of there. Let's go to uh, Terry in Seminole. What you got, Terry? Not much, my guys. My walk-up would be Nazareth's Hair, Hair of the Dog. Hair, Nazareth's Hair of the Dog. You know, you know that song, Jay? Nah, great song. Nazareth. Yeah, another good one. Yeah, absolutely. That is an all-time rock and roll banger. Nazareth's Hair of the Dog. I think Nazareth might be a... A Canadian group, maybe mm-hmm. it might be. I don't know. I'm I love know. how many people are texting in. I mean, you can't win by texting in, but we've already had three different people with DMX. Four different I people. Saw, I saw that. X, go and give it to you. Go and give it. To, we have one for the theme from Shaft. We are. Uh, I saw an interview with JC about DMX mm-hmm. and about how a performer and how he the crowd like got to his feet and just he was sparking and how impressed that Jay Z was with DMX. With DMX? Yeah, really. He was just talking about DMX. I, I'm pretty sure it was after he passed. But really, wow. I don't think I ever really considered DMX a great artist. I don't. His, his catalog is long. No, I, 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 I get that, that stuff one. he did. Rough Riders Anthem yeah. is a great song, but if you can bark mm-hmm. and hype people up, yeah. that says a lot about you. DMX and Ja Rule are kind of the same person. Stark, hell is hot. Yeah. What'd you say? They're kind of the same person to me. Let's go to uh, Danny Danny in Wesley Chapel. What's up, Danny Danny? How you doing? I can't believe you. All right, my friends. Uh, I got to go with my walk-up song. I got to go old school. Tom Sawyer by Rush. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy Danny. Tom Sawyer. He knows the way to the man's heart right there. You can't go wrong with a little Rush, brother. You know what I mean? You're a Rush fan? Are you still mad at that Ja Rule DMX comment? Listen, please. Where's Tony? Tony I They're the same person. Tony the racist. Somebody. Ja Rule and DMX were the same person. You ever seen them in the same room together? No. It's the same person. It's the same music. I don't care. Ja Rule yeah. sang a song called, I cry, <laughs> you cry, we cry together. It was jamming, though. Ja DMX Rule. would never do that. It's dark. The hell is hot. What's your famous DMX song ever? First favorite. Rough Riders. I mean, that my Rough Riders anthem mm. with him and the fellas. Can I give you a banger? Yeah. Who we be. Yeah, okay. Banging. 
just like Ja Rule. Let's go to Alex in Tampa. What's, I don't, what don't want to. What you got, Alex? Show. Do it. Yo, yo. What's up? Somebody if I had me. to take a walk-up song, it'd be Money Ain't For Nothing by Dire Straits. Because okay. it's got the best yes. guitar riff opener out of all. Okay. Oh, I like it. I, they do I have like a nice it. riff, though. Yes. I do like Dire Straits. Which is the beginning of what? That Dire Straits is the beginning of Beavis and Butthead, is it not? I, I think it is. I think it is, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure somebody let me know if I'm wrong. Let's go to Frank in St. Petersburg. What's up, Frank? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm going to roll up to some LL Cool J. Mama said knock you out. So yeah. Out of the park, man. Yeah, yeah okay. baby. I like okay. that. I'm still waiting for somebody to uh, give an answer that means is near and dear to your heart. To my heart? I still can't even look at you because Why? of what you said about Why? What, what, what could be more near and dear to my heart? What's going to be near and dear to my heart? Tom Sawyer? That's pretty near and dear to my heart. Okay. What is that you just singing there? Mm -hmm. Let's go to uh, Barry in St. Pete. What's up, Barry? Barry. <laughs> hey, guys. My walk-up song would be, because I'm not, I wouldn't be very good as a baseball player, so my song would be, Take Me Out of the Ball Game. <laughs> Oh, I like that, Barry. Pick me out, coach. I'm ready to suck again. Let's go to Jimmy in Sarasota. I almost want to give him that one. Yo, guys. What's hey, up? Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hey, I, you know, I'm going a little old school in the 80s. We got to have some BC boys in Intergalactic. Uh, intergalactic planet. Like a in the neck from Mr. Spock. Yeah, uh, okay. I, love I like little, that. Little, beast, little if, beasties. Great text. If Ja Rule and DMX are the same, the linemen just push people. I love our listeners. Now, if that person called in, they would have won. They would have won. They would have won something. All right, let's let's ru let's run the let's last run six these, right here, John. Let's, last let's, six right let's here. Let's end them right here. Take let's that go one on to, the line uh, now, Larry and Oldsmar. What's up, Larry? Hey guys, Ian. This one's for you. Best right. scream ever. Angel of Death by Slayer. Ooh, mm. I see. That's near, that's near and dear. Yes, the, the Slayer. If I came out to Slayer, yes, oh, South of Heaven. Yeah. Don't get me started. Let's go to uh, Tom and Ellington. Tom, what's up? Uh, hey, how's it going? How you doing? My song would be uh, "Here Comes the Boom" from Nelly. You got to have a lot of cojones to have that as your walk-up song. Yeah. Okay. Here comes the. Here comes the. Was that Nelly? I don't know if it was Nelly. That's not Nelly, is it? Uh -huh. Here comes that. That's the song he's talking about, right? No, that's not Nelly. That would have been P.O.D. from yeah. back in the day. That's what I thought. Good for you. Good for you for noticing that there. Daryl in Tampa. What's up, Daryl? How you doing, guys? Thanks for taking the call. Ian. What's up? I'm going to steal a little bit. You saw a little bit of my thunder with Mystical. Right. My walk-up song would be The Man Right Here. Yeah. The Man Right Here. Sing it. Man Right Here. Been so. <laughs> yeah. Been so long. I must have four Mystical CDs. I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. I love me some Mystical. Nick and Tampa. What's up, Nick? How about how about uh, Deep Purple, Who's Knocking at the Back Door? Okay. okay. A little, little Deep Purple, some old school rock and roll. Are you aware of Deep? Are you, you know anything about Deep Purple? No. I'm still waiting for somebody to call in to have my back on this DMX. Star little Highway Star, Little Highway Star. Two more. Saying, Jason and Brandon. Help me. Hey, I'm calling uh, in honor of my son. Uh, he's a baseball player. Loves the Chili Peppers. His walk-up song is The Stroke by Billy Squire. Whoa, okay. That's okay. old school. I'm, I'm surprised your young kid knows about that. Yeah. That's good, though. I like, I like that. I like young kids that explore mm -hmm. older music. You know what I mean? Okay. 
All right, Eddie in the NPR. Finish off strong, Eddie. What you got, Eddie? What's up? What's up? I'm going to go with Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Yeah. Which is probably one of the better, more known walk-up songs. I'm surprised. You know what, I mean? what, what did you think somebody was going to say? John, I'm, I'm surprised. Nobody went with your song. Oh, no. Don't. Now, coming to the plates. Number 62 in your program, number one in your hearts. Born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Residing south of Gandhi. Ian, Canadian bacon. Harold Beckless. I'd be spitting the bat, yo. <laughs> Ian's going up there. I'm just lulling the pitcher to sleep. Ian's got rhinestones on the back of his jersey. <laughs> It's he got a Michael Clayton hoodie for his <laughs> Bedazzled. Bedazzled. Yeah, man. It's either this, job, this or uh, Rick Astley. Oh. You know what I would do? I would come up with Rick Astley and I'd be doing the AB dance. You see the AB dance? You ever see it? You the see a- it? The AB? AB dance is yeah. on dance. It is on dance. I'd be doing the AB dance when I listen to Rick Astley. I'm surprised nobody else said Pit to the Palace. That would have won. Or that would have won. That would have won. That would have won. Pat's response. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, what to the Malice? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Sway. 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 Everybody should have screaming. Where else can you see a 300 pound black man in a Martin shirt dancing to Rick Ashley? Getting tired. Maggie Gray on line one. <laughs> Some offensive lineman. You are. Call out those protections. <sighs> I'm just pushing people, Maggie. I get it, but I could dance, Maggie. I got. I don't have two left feet. You know, us offensive linemen are That's Maggie. Right. All right, who'd you think won, brother? I tell you what. I'll let you pick this one. Okay, I'm definitely. I was gonna go between Danny Danny with Tom Sawyer mm-hmm. or uh, Barry with Take Me Out, Coach. That was kind of that was kind of innovative a little. Yeah, bit. I like Jason and Brandon too because okay. he said his kid the strobe. Billy Squire. That was good. I like the. I'll go Danny and Wesley Chapel. Let's do it. Tom yeah. Sawyer. Danny and Wesley Chapel. Give us a call back. Congratulations. You win those tickets. We're gonna have tickets all week long here on Beckles and Ratcher. Yeah. So make sure you tune in every day at three o'clock, and we'll let you know where, 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 where. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you still upset? I'm still mad. You're still mad. Still upset. Don't hold grudges, man. I'm holding grudges. Don't be holding grudges. Uh, Check your sheet. Mm. I want you to go home tonight, Mm -hmm. and I want you to put in the top five songs from Ja Rule Mm -hmm. and DMX and tell me, again. Sound the same. Living it up. Say what? You don't have to be rude about it. Don't be rude about it. Oh, it's rude. (laughs) Don't be rude You saying that is rude. The same people. (sighs) Same music. The same genre. Yell rap. Yell rap. Yell bark rap. (laughs) Bark (laughs) rap. Man, that rap. That was like, what are you barking like a, for? Sound like a dolphin. What are you barking for? Yellow, yell so, rap. Hey, how about words? Bark rap. Bark rap. Use words. Say like, it quick. Yeah. Bark rap. Bark rap. Country rap. Crap. Use words like Karis One did. Don't just bark, black boy. Knowledge reigns supreme. Love with nearly everyone. You got that right. Mm-hmm. All right, when we return on the other side, it's on this day in sports history. What happened on this day back in the seventies? We'll tell you on the other side. But first, let me tell you about. Louisiana hot sauce. There is a reason fans prefer the original Louisiana brand hot sauce. That's because the original Louisiana brand hot sauce adds a kick of flavor to so many things. It puts the pop in popcorn, adds zing to wings, pizzazz to pizza made using only the best 
sun-ripened peppers. The original Louisiana brand hot sauce is Tampa's choice for game day. It should be yours, too. The original Louisiana brand hot sauce, bring the heat. Tuesday's Hook Market, 95.3 WDAE.com for all your Tampa Bay sports needs and more. Now back to Beckles and Retter on WDAE, streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. You know what that music means. No, it's not Ja Rule. Fall Out Boy. Could be. Ja Rule's more like Fall Out Boy than he is DMX. Wait, now you're being rude now. <laughs> Somebody said, who would you compare Ja Rule to? No Everybody way. would say DMX. No Every single person on the Any planet. Unknowledgeable if I, person. If I said, give me who Ja Rule's like, everybody would say DMX. <laughs> Every single person. Do me a favor. Read that top text. Only two barkers in the world. It was ja, ja Rule and DMX. I'm appalled by the black guy on your show right now. DMX and Ja Rule couldn't be more different. I'm black, FYI. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Blackie. Hey. What? Let's say that. Say whatever I want. From Mr. 727. Mm, say whatever I want. All right. Let's go back to 1977. Cardinals Lou Brock eclipses Ty Cobbs. A uh, bad kid. 49-year-old. <laughs> yeah. We always say good kid. Bad, uh, when I say Ty Cobb, I'm thinking bad kid. Bad kid from the neighborhood. Cardinals Lou Brock in 1977 eclipses Ty Cobb's 49-year-old record for career stolen bases as the Padres beat the Cards. Four to three. Cobb at the time, 897 stolen bases. Brock ended up with 938. And as we know, the all time leader, Ricky Henderson, 1,406. He's the only one with 1,000. And he's got 1,406. You look at some of the names on this list, Ian. You got Ty Cobb, 897. Tim Rock Reigns, 808. Vince Coleman, 752. Rock Reigns, my guy, dude. Montreal. Montreal back he was, in the day. Uh, he's an incredible player. Wasn't there stories of him sliding face first because he had a vials of cocaine in his pocket or oh, something? Was he the one? Could have been. I think it was Rock Reigns, actually. I don't want to spread rumors, but that was my yeah. guy from back in the day, but I just did. I'm looking at some of these guys. Ichiro is 35th all-time with 509, but there's... You're looking at the top 40. Is anybody active anymore? Does anybody still steal bases? There you go. Top 40 all-time are 495, so that's uh, We Willie Keeler and Clyde Milan. Milan. Mm-hmm. Active, D. Gordon, 336. So Good. he would need 159 more to break the top 40. You got Elvis Andrews. He's not many more years in the league. Billy Hamilton. Stalling Marte is a really good base stealer for the Mets. You got Jose Altuve, 273. Trey Turner is a guy that might make it up the list with 224. But, man, it is not even close. Albert Pujols, 117. He's 29th. Active <laughs> players. That's still a lot. 117 for Albert. Seriously. This year, John Birdie leads the league. Miami Marlins. He's only played in 72 games. How many, how many stolen bases do you think he has? 32. 31. Nice okay. job. Okay. Jorge Mateo of the Orioles, 28. Tied with Cedric Mullins with also 28. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. we just saw here with Kansas City. He's got 26. Acuna Jr., 25. 7th in the league with 24 stolen bases is... Randy Rosarena. Randy Rosarena. You got Julio Rodriguez with 23. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Tampa Zone from Houston, 19. The aforementioned Starling Marte with 18. Just not as many. It's just not... Part of the game, nah, really. It's, it's really not. People I, are waiting. They just want that home run so bad. That's it. And let me ask you a question. 
Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame? Close. It's on that, it's on that list. Steals. I mean, his numbers are Hall of Fame-like. Are they going to hold out again? Yes. Altuve, of course. Altuve hits around 300 every year. They're, they're going to hold that against him now. Garbage, garbage gate. Gar- that's, that's trash never, can. It's never going away. Trash can gate. It's never going away. All time, he's a... 295. 306 hitter. Bro, Hall of Fame. He's 32. Okay, this year he's batting 282 with 21 home runs and 45 RBIs. He's not going to have a lot of RBIs. 12 no. stolen bases. On base of 369. He's got 1,895 hits. So How many home runs? 185. Okay. So he's, what, 12? He's 1,105 hits away from 3,000. put the stolen bases. I mean, that's... It's close. He's, he's in, he's, you'll talk about him anyway. MVP? Got, you got one MVP? Yes. Five, six, seven. Eight-time All-Star? <laughs> he's going to be mentioned, at least. His name will at least come up. That's uh, for sure. Five-time Silver Slugger. Do you, uh, think that the, uh, do you think the writers will hold that against him? Yes. I think you're 100% right yeah. on that. 100% right You want to talk about the crustiest, yeah. grudge-holding human beings on the planet? Yeah. Hall of Fame voters. You might be right about that. They're, so, they're salty cats. Crusty. They they're like pretzels. They're so damn salty. <laughs> you know who's salty? And it just it just popped up on the mm-hmm. on the tube. But Nebraska fans, what is up with your guy Scott Frost? First of all, funny Bro. you say that a lot. And I use my guy. I actually know Scott Frost not not well, but I like Scott Frost. I ran into him with the Jets. We got along really well. He, it ain't working. It ain't work. When Scott Frost got there. Okay, when he got there, I go, what a perfect fit. What a per. I mean, they haven't been great since he's been there. Great but NFL got the pedigree. Perfect. And it couldn't be. I couldn't have been further from the truth. Yeah. Nebraska. You know, it's funny. When I was growing up, if you ask me, you know, name three teams you play play for. I'm not sure Nebraska's not one, two or three. For sure. That was the way it was back in the day. It certainly is not that now. And if somebody asked me where where Nebraska played, I, what do you, I might not even say Big Ten. They're such an irrelevant Big Ten team. They haven't done anything since they've been to the Big Ten. And Scott would be lucky if he, if, he ends, if, he, if he finishes the season. I think he'd be lucky. Seriously. So breaking news in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers have agreed to a restructured one-year contract that will keep the quarterback in San Francisco this season. Per sources, the, correct, the contract contains no trade and no tag clauses, assuring he'll remain in San Francisco this season and have the freedom to leave in 2023. That is a huge indictment. Huge. On Trey Lance. Huge. He is not ready. No, he's not ready. No. No. And I, I keep seeing, he's another guy. That's another guy where everybody's like, this guy could be an MVP candidate this year. He's going to lead them to the promise. I'm like, no, he's what? Not. No, he's not. Come on, man. No, he's not. Are you serious? At best, he holds on. They make the playoffs. And they're good around him. It just it doesn't work like that, okay? It just it doesn't. Okay, listen, he can he can hold on to things. If they ask him to win games, just like any other young quarterback, they're gonna lose games. That's just the way it is. You have to be good around a young quarterback. And that's all of them. Every single one of them that ever played the game. But they do have a good offensive line. Yes, they do. And they have a good And they got great play callers. Yes. That's the thing that may Debo hold Samuel, yeah. Absolutely. They're gonna find ways to get Debo the ball. They're not gonna ask too much of Trey Latch. They're not gonna ask too much. But isn't that an indictment, though? Yeah, sure. That they did this. With that being said, this is almost like the argument we had last year with Carson Wentz. 
is, yeah, it, it was bad that he was inconsistent, but to me it makes it look even worse because he was with Frank Reich, mm-hmm. and he had Jonathan Taylor, and he had a good offensive line and a decent defense, and he still couldn't convince you Correct. that he was the man. Trey Lance has all of that stuff and the benefit of the doubt of being a high draft pick, so you know that leash is going to be longer than a guy that was drafted later on. And they still think it's a smart idea to keep Jimmy G there. That's a big, big, big mm-hmm. indictment against Trey, Trey Lance, in my opinion. Well, look, I think Jimmy G, to me, is the same as most other successful quarterbacks. So there's a slew of a few of them up the top that are just a little bit different. But you know who's not in that bunch is Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. Because they've showed me that they can't win when everything else is good. Mm-hmm. Everything else around them is okay. You have a good defense, you got a good running game, you got weapons, and you still didn't win. Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, to me, have seen both both of them and have not been successful. And at times, you're, the team is successful despite them. Okay, as long as they don't lose the games. There's a lot of quarterbacks that can't lose the games. There's only a half a dozen that will win games for you the whole NFL. I'll put Garoppolo in the upper echelon of those quarterbacks. But if everything's not right, Garoppolo ain't the guy either. Okay, There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there. If everything isn't right, you could still win. There's only a handful of them, seriously, and Garoppolo ain't one of them. How many times have you seen an NFL organization be successful when they don't even believe in their quarterback? How many we times? Saw with, we saw with Miami where even with Tua, they still were flirting with the idea of bringing Deshaun Watson in. They flirted with everybody. But that when is when is that a other than the Patriots with Tom Brady, but he was the the GOAT? Other than every single time that the team is looking ahead and they're looking at the backup, whether it was the Niners with Kaepernick and Alex Smith, same thing with the the Chiefs, like even if you do it the right way, when it's lingering, it's very rare that the team wins. Well the thing is, if your team was shopping you around in the offseason and you're still the quarterback the next year. That means you only have time to hiccup. Or, you, or you're on borrow time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Once you hiccup, you're going to look back and go, what just happened? You What's going to happen this year? I've, listen, Tua is in a different situation. Tua has a season. They have to go through the whole season with Tua. Yeah. They have to. They have to figure out what they got. At the end of the season, they're going to make a decision. And the decision is going to be either pay this guy a ridiculous amount of money or he's got to be gone. Okay, Tua, Tua might be another culprit like a Baker Mayfield that... You don't be shocked if Tua's out of football in a couple of years if he doesn't figure things out this year. Now, he has so much talent around him that the quarter the, the coaches can put him in a situation to not even come close to having to win the game. Literally. There's been a lot of quarterbacks through the years. Trent Dilfer was a great example. People now, that being said, that's still not easy to do. You think it's easy just to maintain throughout the year, just don't make mistakes as a quarterback? It's hard to do because it's going to be sometimes you have to win the game. Okay? So early in this season, we're going to look at two and go, either way, it's either going to go, this guy figured it out, or they're going to go, this ain't going to work. But I think him figuring it out is him doing very little and the Dolphins asking very little of him. And if, I, if you're a Dolphin fan, I think you should want to see as little as two as possible this year while he's still developing. All right, but for Trey Lance. To me, does San Francisco, San Francisco, what is going through their heads right now? What is going through John Lynch's heads? Because the reason why you came out and said very early on in this preseason that Trey was going to be the guy is because you would assume that they believe that he would be ready to start week one 
And they didn't really care where Jimmy Garoppolo... You don't do that to your incumbent starter, the guy that brought you to the Super Bowl a couple years earlier, right? I mean, Well, listen, they already did it to him by, by drafting the guy. They already, they already I, I did get it, it to him. You but they, I mean? you could say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, though. Sure. I and mean, they brought in Jordan Luff. Mm-hmm. But every other time that the guy, whether it was Kurt Warner, whether it was Alex Smith, there's a bunch of other veteran quarterbacks where eventually when they got usurped by the youngster, they went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they played somewhere else. They didn't go back to that older guy, which is what San Francisco might have to do. Correct. So this is not good. You traded all those picks to go up to take Trey Lance. And now, after you handed him the keys to the kingdom, and he's had some good plays in the preseason, mm-hmm. that's another indication there, Ian, because he had some good throws, and everybody's like, oh, he could be an MVP candidate. And I go, that's not telling you everything, because the reason why they did this, it proves that they're seeing something from Trey Lance in practice, in camp, in these games that they don't like. And that they don't trust that he's the guy that can start week one and carry them through the season. Because if they felt confident, they even, they would not care what Jimmy G's doing. Listen, in in a perfect world, they're doing it the right way. I think they're doing it the right way. I think they, listen, Jimmy G, if you started Jimmy G at the beginning of the year, you're going to piss off Trey Lance and his people. And that's, I don't know, Ian. Well, I mean, but Jay, it's a different time now, man. When, when these first-round picks, they have people working for them, and they have yeah, representatives. But that's, an, that's an assumption, Ian. If, no, you, I, I if you tell the guy, listen, if you tell the guy, hey, we're going to go with Jimmy G because he's a veteran, he's under contract, mm-hmm. and we're going to give him the crack at it because we have another good team, and your time is coming. It's only year two, Ian. Is if this, it was year four mm-hmm. or five, like if he was in a Jordan Love situation, mm-hmm. you know, like as far as tenure, then I would understand that. But it's only year two. Well, this is it's a different time, Jay. It just is. We've been talking about athletes for a long time. Athletes have changed. It's This is what's going to happen, okay? Trey Lance's people are going to go, if my guy's not starting, let him go. That's what they're going to say. But it's I'm, only year two. I understand can't that. go anywhere. He's I, on the rookie I, contract. I, trust me. Nobody he can't knows, go anywhere. Nobody knows that more than me. But nobody wants a disgruntled quarterback, okay? That's your future. You know what you don't want to do? It's piss that guy off. That's important. It is. I mean, we, we're going to say he's soft and he can't take it, but that's the way athletes are these days. And athletes don't stick around. Even if they haven't proven anything, they they all they're all empowered all of a sudden. And if you draft somebody high, like I'm this and I'm that, and and the problem is with uh, the problem is with Trey Lance is Jordan Love can't complain. Why? Because the guy in front of him is so much better than him. Jimmy G. If if Jimmy G was a couple echelons higher, maybe I'd say no. But he's not. Okay, they're they're not sold on their guy, Jimmy G. So, but they're not. But this move says mm-hmm. that they're not sold on Trey Lance. Agreed. <laughs> so Agreed. just because Jimmy Garoppolo is mm-hmm. not Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. I think it also means that Trey Lance isn't J- Jordan Love. What happens if Trey Lance goes in the first two games and he falters and they put Jimmy G in? Nothing. See what I'm saying? Like, didn't hurt. Nobody gets hurt. He gets hurt. You rattle that kid's confidence. Now you're pulling him. Sure. It would be a lot easier if you start Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. for five, six, seven, eight games. And then if it doesn't work out, then you put Trey Lance in. Because watching from the sideline mm-hmm. for him, he's going to learn. I don't, listen, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know what's happening there. I'm just, people are sensitive, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo really doesn't have any room to be sensitive. He just doesn't. Because his future is unknown. Trey Lance's future is known, okay? He's going to get a shot. Jimmy G's just trying to hold on. That's what he's trying to do. Aaron Rodgers not trying to hold on. Jimmy G's trying to hold on. And this, I don't, I mean, Jimmy G, to me, is one of the more underrated players in the NFL. He really is. Yeah. In a weird, funky way. If he had one game 
If you had one game to win right now and you have a choice between Trey Lance and Jimmy G, who takes Trey Lance? You'd be wrong. Yeah. You'd be wrong. But that's why I think it was a misstep for them to come out and say that Trey Lance is your starter. Because if you feel like that, the team feels like that, and we've always talked about how the team likes Jimmy G. It's not like they don't like the guy. He's not rubbing people the wrong way. No, not at all. So His teammates don't speak bad against him. Yeah, no, they don't. All right, when we return on the other side, we're going to talk to our guy, Evan Davis, the head football coach of Armwood High School. They went to Alabama. A really good weekend for them. And just want to discuss with them the upcoming season and what the kind of the lay of the land is here in the Tampa Bay area. But first, let me tell you about my friends over at Bates Electric. Do you own or you're thinking about buying an electric car? Well, Bates Electric can install a fast charge station in your home or business that'll charge your car in as little as four hours. If you own a business, ask Bates how you can offset the cost of installing charging stations for your customers with charging credits. There's no job too big, no job too small for my friends at Bates Electric. They're veteran-owned in Tampa for over 30 years. When you think electric... Think Bates Electric. For more information, go to BatesElectric.com. Power on with Bates Electric. Record. This is Beckles and Retter on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. All right. All right. Welcome back to Beckles and Retcher. We're going we're gonna to flip it again. All right. Let's go back to the Bartow 4 DAE hotline, and let's bring in our guy, Coach Evan Davis, Head coach of the Armwood football team right here in the Tampa Bay area. What's up, coach? How are you? I'm doing great, John. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing Good. well, man. I know you guys had a lot of traveling over the last couple of days, so we appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Just take us through I, I just the last couple of days and what it's like to have these games early on in the season when you can go to another state and just kind of show your guys not just the football aspect of it, but also kind of the personal side of it as well. Yeah, no doubt. It's been a lot of fun, uh, a lot of planning, uh, a lot of uh, t- heart, sweat, tears going into it, hard work going into it to get us to be able to do this and uh, be able to go play a first-class program. You know, we were able to leave. Uh, nothing's, you know, first, you know, nothing's easy about taking a bus ride and uh, taking high school boys on a bus ride and doing our walkthrough on Thursday, and then we rented out a movie theater Thursday night to watch the movie Selma, and then. Um, the next movie, uh, next morning, we woke up on Friday morning and traveled to Selma, Alabama, and to see the kids be able to really just kind of see everything first person and then recognize all the stuff from the movies. And we handed them all cards to the civil rights activists that were there, and so they could kind of get that mindset and then walk across the bridge. And uh, it was just, it was as, as impactful of a scenario I've ever been in as an educator um, for my students. And then. You know, we're all able to, you know, we were afforded that opportunity because of all the hard work that's been put into our program over the years uh, to be able to get in travel up to Hillcrest. And we played a team who is uh, top ten in the state of Alabama. And the uh, whole reason we traveled up there as a football coach was to put my kids in the hardest, most adverse situations as possible. Uh, we were treated with southern hospitality except for everybody except for the officials. <laughs> the officials gave us a little bit of a hard time. But, uh you know, that's part of learning as a program, right? My kids are going to be better off because of that. No doubt. Listen, Coach, we live in a big country, and there's a lot of football teams out there. How do you go about choosing an out-of-state opponent? I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't know how many high schools out there. That must be hard to choose from. 
Yeah, so it's all about kind of uh, cost, you know, cost effective, right? We have to have a budget. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of support here. Uh, our alumni base, Arnold Football alumni base, are the ones. You know, we there's 42 high schools that play varsity football in Hillsborough County, if you include the privates. So the whole idea of like a community, uh, it's hard to have here. So uh, our alumni really help us out, and they allow us. You know, they afford us the opportunity, and from there. Uh, Ms. Beckles is kind of figuring out logistically which one can we do, right? Um, flying kids out, like how far can we afford budget-wise? Hillcrest was about as far as we could probably stretch our budget this year, and uh, they were able to help with a little bit of travel. And, uh, you know, we were we were crunching pennies at the end, but we were able to get it done, and uh, this this experience was priceless for my young men. We're talking Armwood Head football coach Evan Davis and and coach, when you're looking at the team this year and you and you have a game like that, you understand you know what you're doing when you schedule that. But when you look at your schedule here back in the Tampa Bay area, kind of what's your focus for this year's team? You know, is it more you know improvement based? Is it is it a championship in a certain way? Like, what's kind of your mindset? What's the goal of the club this year? Well, I'm the head football coach at Arnwood High School, and I think our alumni would tell you if I didn't say the word championship, I'd be uh, I'd be on the hot seat tomorrow. So uh, it's definitely championship, right? But you can't, you know, Tom Brady and them can't play the Super Bowl but once, you know. So you can't be talking about the Super Bowl all the time, right? You got to focus. Our motto this year is be present, you know, be present in that moment and capitalize on that. So. Uh, you know, Hillcrest, you know, we usually could have played another Hillsborough County team, uh, especially with the schedule we have when we're playing the likes of Tampa Bay Tech, Wharton, Jesuit. I mean, we're going to play the best of the best uh, every single Friday night here in Hillsborough County, Hillsborough in a couple weeks, and Bloomingdale this week. So going out there was definitely a leap of faith. But like I try to tell my guys, you know, it takes some balls to be able to do that. You know, it takes some guts. You know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant wanted to take that shot. They thought they were going to make that shot, just like we thought we were going to win it. But you got to have the guts to be able to do it. There's some people that wouldn't do it. So, you know, our goal, our district, we have Wharton and Tampa Bay Tech, who are some of the, two of the toughest teams in the state of Florida. We got to win our district. Then our region consists of people like Edgewater, and then you go state semifinals and someone like Jesuit, and state finals and someone like St. Thomas Aquinas. So, I mean, we're going to play the toughest of the tough in this area. And Hillcrest was just a way to give us even more of a test, though. So. Hey, Coach, we talk about high school sports more more than most, and we had Mike Michael Clayton on one time. You heard us speaking with Michael. You know, we're trying to show love to, to you guys, and we, no, listen, we all love competition. Now, you guys are all competitors. We put all the high school football coaches in a room. Are you guys a fraternity? Are you guys going to be all hugged up, hug, hugged up, or are you guys going to all kill each other? <laughs> what, kind, what kind of love do you guys have for each other? Because I know you're competitors. Uh, it's good. <laughs> there's going to be some, you know, it's going to be some, uh, it might be some brawling going on That's in there, to be thought. honest with you. I mean, yeah. We're all just, you know, it used to be funny when I first became the head coach, we go to a big coaches meeting and I sit by myself and Robert Wiener would come and sit down next to me and we figured, <laughs> yeah, no one else wants to talk to us. So we might as well talk to each other. You know, you it's like, <laughs> so no, no one else really wanted to talk to us. So that's just kind of the scenario you're in, but yeah, everybody's just hyper competitive and, and wants to be successful. And, uh, like I said, with 42 high school, uh, 42 high schools in Hillsborough County, Ian and, and and Jay. There's so many transfers and kids going back and forth. So I'm going to lose a kid to some school. Some kid's going to come to me, you know. So it's uh, and that's upset you, right? You know, just at the college level. I don't know how much Jimbo Fisher is getting pissed off at Nick Saban if kid leaves to go there. But at the high school level, it's obviously always pinned on coaches. So. How does that? Yeah. How has that changed just in the last couple of years? And you know, one of the 
really one of the hot words and buzzwords in all of sports is transfer portal. And now with how it, I remember back in the day, it was it wasn't it, you couldn't do that even at the high school level. What's that like? What's the landscape like right now in a high school level where you kind of have to kind of keep your eyes everywhere, even if, especially if kids aren't playing, they might be looking to go somewhere else. Oh, no doubt. And the first, the last part of that question, I'll just, the biggest thing it has hurt us with is, is depth. Um, no longer does the freshman or sophomore want to be in your program and sit, you know, they don't. So the depth of our, we're as thin as we've ever been in our program's history, just because, that you can go start somewhere else and uh, just, just what it is. And the ultimate goal for all these kids is to go to play college, you know, and they think having to get film as freshmen and sophomore is all about it. And then some of that does have to do with it, but there's also some development and being in the right program. But, you know, the state uh, legislature passed an open enrollment um, bill uh, where kids could go wherever they wanted to, but they put the caveat in there that a school district could be more strict on that policy than others. And Hillsborough County has stuck to their guns, and meaning that a kid still has to school a choice into your school, which means they go into a lottery with any random kid. Uh, so it's not like we go down there and say, hey, we want X, Y, and Z to be school of choice. Um, or they got to move into your school district as a public school. So um, Hillsborough County and Lannis Robinson have done a great job, in my opinion. Um, there's still a lot of movement. And the hard part is, obviously, Armwood has had a history, as Mr. Clayton brought up with you guys, uh, you know, I think that's ancient history, but people always still like to throw it in my face. Uh, we're a lot cleaner and doing the right things here. So, but still, if a kid moves uh, and their name is Armwood attached to him, it raises red flags. Yeah. Everybody else seems to be able to do it all the time. So, well, it's just red flags when you're winning. If you lose, nobody will will give a crap. That's, that's just true. that's, yeah, that's just success. the way it goes. Yeah. Coach, before we let you go, Jay and I talk about uh, modern day athletes and athletes in general. I'm positive yeah. athletes today are different than what athletes when I played. I'm, a, I'm an old buzzard. But yeah, yeah. have you had have you had to change the way you you coach in the last little while? Because it just seems like things are changing in front of us. So, so you call yourself an old buzzer. I'm 36. <laughs> I like I've been coaching since I was 19. So okay. I feel like I'm an old buzzer in the game now. Sure. But um, yeah, man. But the thing is, is that I feel like there's so much pressure and all the eyes are on the next step you know they're always trying to get to college or in the college they're trying to get to the nfl no one wants to be present and care about developing in that moment i feel like that's the biggest piece that's been lost right that that now as a coach i gotta care about if the kid is good in the classroom is he okay at home is he okay as a person because everybody else just cares what he's doing friday night and what he's gonna do in college to be honest i don't think the athletes changed i think the expectation and where people are viewing things has changed more than per se the athlete uh over my time as a coach well coach i tell you what man i i know there's been some like you said red flags in the past but that that's in the past and you are the right man in charge over there at Armwood. We appreciate all that you do for those kids and our community. We wish you the best of luck. Keep in touch, man. You guys kick some butt. Best of luck. Bring home a championship. We'll talk again soon, brother. Thanks, Coach. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Coach Evan Davis there from Armwood Football. All right, we're going to take a quick break because we got a special guest yes, in the studio. Do. I feel like he's like, he's got to be part of the Beckles and Retcher family, right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. We'll be back with little Jeff Attenell. We'll be back. Woo! There's now more Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher on WDAE. All right, welcome back to Beckles and Retcher. Big ups to uh, Evan Davis and uh, Armwood Football. Yes, sir. Hopefully everybody stays healthy over there. And uh, we're going to talk a little, little everything. We have a young man in the, in the studio, former MLS goalkeeper and just all-around good guy, the great 
Jeff Atanel, how you doing, sir? I'm good, boys. Thank you for having me in again. Yeah, it's good to be it's good to be alive. What are you up to these days, brother? What's keeping you busy? Man, Smack Apparel is keeping me busy. I'll tell you what, yeah. Smack Apparel is keeping me busy because it's uh you know we're a football we're a football company. A lot of people in this town know us for hockey, mm-hmm. but you know we are a football company. Yeah. So you would consider yourself a football company? Football, really? Football feeds it. Okay. Yeah, football feeds the beast. So you know what I did the other day? I went to SmackApparel.com. Did you? Never been there. That's what I was saying. A lot of stuff there? We've been supporting you guys for years. A lot of old stuff there? Yeah. I bet. It's so funny how I didn't I didn't put two and two together because we follow you on all social media. We tag you on everything. And I was just like, I've never been to the website. Mm. I went on there. All kinds of stuff. You'll spend probably an hour. No, you go down the rabbit hole. Uh, you did scare the crap out of your wife, which, uh, how's everything good? Oh, it works. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no. He do do? hidden. He was at Smack. He was like, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna scare my wife, and he hid like behind her desk, and then she came back into the her office, yeah. and yeah, I don't scare people anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just one of those things where it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. It was either gonna be funny or it was either gonna be, you know, I was gonna get in trouble for it. It was a little bit of fifty fifty at home, but the response on the internet was good. So you know, why I stopped scaring people. I watched a show back in the day, yeah, and it was on Quick QT Syndrome. If you scare somebody, some people have a gene in between if you their scare them right? in between the heartbeat, they die. Yeah. So I, I, I heard a mother said, I scared my son. He walked in his room and died. So she scared her son to death. Yeah. You uh, think you'll ever sleep again if you scare your son or your wife to death? Absolutely not. That would have been a drastic yeah. turn of events. Stop scaring yes. wife. Yes, yeah. I will not do that anymore. <laughs> it would have been crap That apparel. would have been a bad turn of events. <laughs> real bad. Real bad. Yeah. Oh, it would, oh, crap apparel. Yeah, you have to, you have to go to her parents told them, tell them you scared your wife to death. Hey, big wing. Yeah. Well, it is my wife's family's company, so I don't think I probably would be welcome back to smack probably if not. that were to happen. Oh, probably not. If her smack you, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> that would not be good. So, I mean, what's right now, what's the new shirt? Is there like a new smack line going out yeah so so you know we do pretty much a little bit of everything for everybody uh so you know we're trying to really spread our wings in the college football the pro football markets and right now the big ones we got going we're just releasing a whole line of you know saturdays are for the chomp saturdays are for the Mm, chop yeah saturdays are for rolling the corner for auburn saturdays are you know saturdays are for the traditions of which college colleges love and college footballs lean into so so right now it's a lot of that. We got a lot of game day stuff going out for NFL teams as well. And, you know, my side of it is so much uh, marketing and social media and build, building the brand out and making relationships and trying to, you know, land some players to be wearing our gears and stuff like that. Yeah. So as the season picks up, as nobody has lost yet except for Nebraska and a couple <laughs> other teams. That's true. A couple other teams already took the, the week zero uh-huh. L. But, you know, as teams and fan bases are fired up because everybody's optimistic before the season starts, you know, it's really a time for us to – Connect with different fan bases, try to get in, and we're actually headed up to uh, New Orleans this weekend. Go watch LSU, FSU. Wow. Do a little nice. bit of stuff up there and, you know, try to get a little bit more on-ground marketing this season. And, you know, for me, it's a lot of fun because I've always wanted to just go do college football games. But mm-hmm. the MLS season always conflicted with my ambitions to go be a college football fan. So this season, now that I'm retired and I got a little more freedom, I'm going to be hitting a bunch of different stadiums and, you know, just trying to take it in and check out all the scenes around the nice. around the country. I was going to ask you, is the Smack Apparel travel i'm sure you like you'll go to some florida games here usf or whatever but like when you go to louisiana you're going there with lsu stuff you're selling lsu stuff. how does that work so for us you know we're going up there as florida state fans but for my part of the company i think that it just creates a good opportunity for me to go do you know some some on-ground stuff and you know connect with fan bases and get our name out there a little bit so it's a little bit of fun because my wife and her family went to florida state and Ooh. who wouldn't want to go watch a game yeah, lsu right. Florida State in the in the dome. Who wouldn't want to go see that? But for me, I'm just going to kind of use it a chance to 
meet some fans and have a little fun on the streets of You're in Louisiana. How long could that be? Listen, yeah. I'm going to New Orleans for the weekend, Labor Day weekend. It's yeah, not going right. to be a bad time. Who's watching the kids? That's the big... That's my parents. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, You've been, been in New Orleans? Yeah. You've been in New Orleans hang, hanging out? I've been in New Orleans. I went there a few years back, but it was raining and it was like a really quick weekend. So I didn't get the full experience. Still had a great time, but I didn't get the full experience. So I'm excited for this one. So if, I, if it rains, it would smell funny. Yeah. yeah. It smells funny anyway. That's anywhere. A little bit. That right. Uh, I saw you guys were looking for brand ambassadors. We are. What entail? What does that entail? Yeah, right now we're looking for people that are on campuses of mm-hmm. of college campuses. You know, I think one of the one of the biggest switches with all the the fanatics taking over a lot of the different things that are going on is you know a lot of these shops on campuses now only sell the licensed gear. Yeah. A lot. You know, we used to be in bookstores. There used to be a lot of more on on ground on college campus type of stuff. But now, you know, we're just going to rely on trying to connect with students that like our gear because, you know, the students resonate with kind of the stuff that we do, a lot of smack talking and a lot of leaning into rivalry. So, you know, if you have a son, daughter, anyone that goes to Florida, goes to Florida State, goes to any of these local schools and, you know, you want them to make a little bit of extra money to help uh, ease the parents' payment a little bit of what's going on or, you know, a little extra bar money for students on these campuses, feel free to hit us up because we're always looking for people on, on ground and people that are going to games and having fun. You know what's funny is I, I talked to a lot of business people throughout the week, and uh, I was talking to somebody the other day from, the name of the company was Token Tools, okay? Hmm. It's actually a water pipe, okay? You have to call it a water pipe. Water right? pipe? A water pipe. That's one way to say yeah. it. Yeah, well, you're supposed to do it for, you know, for legal reasons. Did the hush. And, uh, and uh, so he had water pipes, and I said to him, and I do this to every business person, they, they look at me funny, and they go, oh. I said, uh, you ever think about doing it in school colors? He goes, Whoa. Like everything business wise, because school people, Gators are going to buy it if it's blue or orange. They're just gonna. Mm-hmm. Bulls are going to buy it if they're if it's orange. They're just going to buy it if it's green. They're going to buy it. So I mean that goes a long way, doesn't? School colors and representing your school people love that. It's absolutely. It is funny because one of the things that I guess they used to do, but they don't do it anymore, and we're going to bring it back is just like a smack shirt, right? Mm-hmm. You're wearing a shirt, just says smack apparel smack. over your over your heart. In your school whatever. colors, yeah, just Boom. in your school color. That's Boom, perfect. Right. So if you're an ambassador and you know you want to just rep smack, and it doesn't need to be one of our standard shirts, but it's a nice little go out shirt. I love it. You know, we're just going to have it in those school colors because, like you said, it's the college fan base. There is nothing like it in American sports. The college college yeah. football fan base, it's just so unique. And, and it's generations of people that are extremely passionate, and they never leave it, ever. You never, that's the, you never leave your school. Never. You can leave your team. I left the Montreal Canadiens. I left the Expos. I'm never going to leave Indiana. I'm not going to leave them. Well, it's tribalistic. That's, sure. what it, that's what it is. It's kind of mm-hmm. like soccer in Europe when people compare the two. Well, it's the funniest thing. I had, so my last coach with the Timbers was, is like soccer. Like He is soccer through and through. All he knows is soccer. That's his life. That's always been his life. And his daughter went to school in New York. And he went to their homecoming football game. And he was like, Jeff, he's like, I know what you mean now with college football. Mm-hmm. He goes, this is the most like the Premier League. This is the most like soccer I've ever seen. People are passionate. People are, you know, very fired up, crying about it if they lose. It's like, I've never seen anything like that in American sports. And it's, I get that comparison all the time with people talking about soccer and college football. It's true. It's crazy. You have any brand ambassadors at UCF? You know, we don't right now, but we are coming out with a shirt that... We have one coming down, and where I think we'll be able to land a few brand ambassadors at UCF. All but because right, I got a couple 
close yeah. family friends. Yeah. You know, I'm always very, you know, I'm, I'm USF. I know. You know, I know. and hey, it, man, it always pains me. Hey, business, business is business. business. And it always, it always pains me when I come up with these shirts that it's like UCF state champs. Like that hurts a little, but it's a yeah. good shirt. Yeah. And now it's, you know, I just read today that UCF sold out their season tickets, which is like 27,000. Yeah. Really? So, you know, it's, they're doing good things over there, which pains me as a USF bull. But yeah, we're, we're going to branch our way over to Orlando here in a little bit. Listen, so, you're yeah. a businessman first. Yeah. <laughs> your allegiance is second. I am now. Yes, I, mean, I am now. I yeah. remember when we were on air one time and somebody was like, I went to a, I went to this, uh, store in Tampa and they had way more Yankee hats than they had Rays hats. So I go, it's because they sell more Yankee hats. That's business. Like you want to have, this is what this is a long time ago. I'm sure it's changed. But oh, wait, I don't know. maybe a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'm just, we know the Yankees sell more stuff than the Rays. Hopefully not here. But the long and short of it is, if you're selling 80% Yankee hats and I'm, ha- and I'm selling hats, I'm going to stock Yankee hats. It's the way it goes. The Yankee hat is also... They've done a good job with the Yankee hat because the Yankee hat is just, you don't even need to like the Yankee Jay-Z did it. Yeah. Jay-Z did it. Yeah. Jay-Z completely marketed that hat. Yeah, he thinks he did. He did it. You don't don't think he did? Single hat. I mean, he used it in his rap, but I don't think he did. Nobody thinks right now, oh, Yankee hat and Jay-Z. Nobody. Mm. But back in the day, though. Mm. I don't disagree with that one. In 2009? People right now, if you see somebody with a Yankee hat, you go, wow, that was the hat Jay-Z wore, especially right now. He's not even around. Has there ever been a hat that you bought strictly because you saw somebody else wearing it? No. A hat? Yeah. Ian Beckles does because it shows up on his phone every day. Yes, it does. That's true. I just buy them because they're fresh. Yeah, fresh. I ain't got nothing to do with anybody else wearing them. You know what I'm saying? I have one. I have one. It's pretty good. Which one? The all-white Atlanta Braves had the Usher wore in that. Yeah, okay. do you remember the yeah, yeah video? Yeah, video with Lil okay, yeah, 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 that was like my must-have oh, gift really? of one of my birthdays. The all-white Atlanta <laughs> Usher hat. And I was like, like, that thing is just too fresh not was to it have. New era? Uh, yeah, it had to be. Yeah, it had, it had to be. Yeah, one of those fitted caps, man. Yeah, I had to have it. Yeah, had to have it. Yeah, fifty-nine fifty. I wish I still had that hat. I don't know where that hat. Fifty-nine fifty. It's the only hat. It really is. There's no other hats. Monopolized. Period. Actually, they make big snapbacks now. Yeah, they have, they, they make you? fitted snapbacks. I told him it's a beautiful thing. I said, "Mark, I've never I this big dome never won many snapbacks on this one." So, how much? Uh, how close are you following soccer? Whether it's MLS or European? Yeah, I'm starting to, definitely with the MLS. I'm starting to get a little bit more locked in. This is playoff time, so I'm starting to see you know who's kind of weeding themselves out and who I think is going to have the mo- the most momentum going into the playoff season, and then. You know, I just started tuning in the EPL a little bit more. I made a commitment to myself that now that I'm retired and can watch soccer and, you know, not be draw, not be uh, tired of it, that I'm going to watch a little bit more EPL. And I've committed wow. myself to Leeds United because that is America's team. For people that don't know, they have an American coach who only, is doing well. Only American coach in England. Oh, only really? American coach in England. He Jesse is doing Marsh. very well. Jesse Marsh. You guys should all get to know him if you like soccer, if you want to start following soccer, because he's an awesome story. And then they got two Americans that are starting and playing every week. So it's a fun thing to watch. It's a fun team to follow. I actually saw on the internet this weekend that uh, USA and the main networks are starting to bump the man cities of the world and you know the bigger markets of the world here in America because so many people are turning into le- tuning into Leeds really to yeah. support America. Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson. Wow. Aronson, they, he's the one that they beat Chelsea last week. That's true. Which is a huge team, and Brendan Aronson scored the first goal, so that helps. And he hit it with a little no looker. He stole yeah. it from the goal. He did a little wow. no look, little U.S. swag over there in England and. You know, one of the cool things that we did recently, too, was uh, the Rowdies had us out at the Rays game. And, I saw you know, that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the Rowdies are, the Rowdies are, I got to meet some of their players that night, and, you know, I've gotten to know their coaches a little bit, and they're doing good things, too, man. I think that they're yeah. going to be in good form coming up here in the playoffs, and, you know, I think that it's going to be something that Tampa area is going to be tuning into a little bit. You threw out the first pitch, correct? I did, yes. Any nervous? Any nervous for you? 
Uh, nervous up until the point that I got to warm up a little bit. Yeah. I've had a couple, okay. I've had some, I've had a lot of shoulder problems. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, there was a point in time where if I would have thrown a baseball, my did shoulder would have popped out. all beforehand? I did, yeah. That day at Smack, me and, me and, uh, me and my buddy Chris were throwing a couple baseballs yeah. around and getting the shoulder warmed up just to make sure I could still do did it. Did you measure it off? I did, yeah. <laughs> no, I even stood on a hill. <laughs> I know you I did. stood on a hill. Yeah, I had to stand on a hill. Because it. everybody was saying that once slope. you're out on the mound. Yeah. That it's it's different. It's, different, mm-hmm. it's yeah. different, and then every, it was funny because on the walkout too, when you're walking down to the field, everyone everyone who's anyone's going to give you a pointer, sure. right? So people that are letting you in the doors and letting you on the field, they're like, "All right, aim high," or like, "All right, do this, sure. do this." So you know, you're just trying to absorb all that information. In. How did you get picked from the whole team? Well, I think that I'm local, okay. which is a plus. Sure. And then you know, I've I've always been a very vocal supporter of the Rays mm-hmm. and the Rowdies throughout my travels. So I think that I've. Uh, you know, kind of establish myself as a designated fan of said race team. Can you put in a good word for Jay? I can, yeah. Okay, that'd be nice. That'd be <laughs> nice because I mean, Jay's local and you know nah, supports okay. teams, and I'm just saying it would be nice to a little Beckles retro representation. But you know, I don't know. Leo Fernandez throughout the first. He week. did, yeah. Oh, so I got to know him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Had him on the show uh, multiple times. Is your shoulder too? okay? Don't make me get the. It's not, it's not okay. So then let's let me stop talking about no, it. it. Well, I can throw one ball, but okay. it just hurt really bad. Did you get the best thing? Is that he went online? He was asking people for advice, and you got a lot of feedback. Got like, a lot of feedback. A lot. A, a lot, lot of feedback. Did you see my feedback? I did. Yeah. My feedback was he needs to go full Hideo Nomo style over All the back. head. Turn. If I get the opportunity yeah. to do it, do which that? probably won't. One hundred percent on the mount. Hideo Nomo, full over the head, turning my back no. to the microphone and my really? back to the catcher and throwing a, a pitch. Here's what I'll say. I had a lot of big, I had a lot of big, you know, ideas and visions of how this was going to go down. You know, the full windup. I might check second base, make sure no one's stealing things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. But the second I got out there, it was all right. Just get out of here. Yep. Let's bring the leg yeah, in, lift yeah. the leg a little bit. Let's get off make sure mound. I don't embarrass myself. Get the ball <laughs> over the mound. Don't trip. Wham, bam, I'm out. Strike. Mm-hmm. See you later. Get the pictures. Cool, you cool memories strike? and watch the game. Yeah. I did throw a strike. He yeah. Did. It would have I mean, it might have been too slow for someone to hit for a Understand. professional to hit out of the park. Man. But it was good location. Ian, I'm good. Te- I don't care if I throw a strike. No, you don't. I'm just, just get it over. You mentioned about people throwing off the hill. That's the reason why people bounce the majority of the throws. It's not because they can't throw. It's because they're up it's on awkward. a level, sure and people in their heads think, I have to throw the ball down. down. Yeah. And that's why so many people bounce it. Sure. I think a lot of people go up there trying to be heroes, too, though. Like, oh, I'm going to pump this in 90 oh, miles per I'm hour. Pumping. And the I'm second pumping. you do that, you overthrow, pumping. you hold on to the ball too I'm, long, and you're I'm just spiking to, it. I'm, I'm throwing over 70. For sure. 100%. You want to get close to 80? Uh, maybe. So maybe not gonna. Go when, was last time, when was the last time you threw a baseball 80 miles per hour? <laughs> Mr. Bad Shoulder? Uh, baseball, I don't know. But I definitely, you know. Not never for me. No, I mean, I used to, when I moved down here, I gained 11 miles per hour when I started working as a baseball instructor. Because I learned how to properly throw. Nobody taught me. So down there, you taught yourself growing up. But then when I learned, I went through everything. I topped out at 84, which isn't you know great. But still, 84 miles an hour for a guy that's 5'9", it's not too bad. So bad. I think I could, I could definitely get over 70. But, you know. Okay. Last time I was on one of those radar guns at like a, and I was like seventy six. It's not bad. Get that velo up. Yeah, but my arm's gonna probably fall off after that. But uh, one good throw. One. That's all you need. Ice it afterwards. You'll be that's fine. That's right. You'll More with fine. our guy Jeff Atanella on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Beckles and Retro, ninety five three WDAE and AM six twenty. Fox Goons on the Pat and Aaron Show tomorrow at noon. Now back to Beckles and Retro on WDAE streaming live on the iHeartRadio app.
Yeah. Beckles and Retro, welcome back. Jeff Attenello joining us in studio. Talking all things soccer and smack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smackies. How's your arm after throwing that first pitch? It was a little sore, yeah, to be completely honest. Yeah. Throwing one pitcher, I'm sorry. <laughs> when I tell you my shoulders, well, I did a lot of warm-up pitches that day. Yeah, I did warm-ups in the afternoon, yeah. and then I threw. we were warming up a little bit before the first pitch. And when I tell you my shoulder has been through just the ringer, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you know. I do. You know, I reconstructive do. surgery, the whole works, mm-hmm. did the whole works. And my arm... You know, it just isn't. It isn't what so it is. That's just from throwing. Yeah. No, so I, no, so I so I landed on my arm a couple times. I, I made a save, and my hand landed on top of the ball. And when that happened, my body, oh, the momentum yeah. carried, and my shoulder popped out. Oh. And then, so that happened in seventeen, and it was okay. Went out, went back in, so I didn't think much of it. And then it happened again in eighteen, and it went out twice in a game, and oh. it was like falling out on its own. And that's when things just got. Once it goes out, and it's never the same. Yeah, and then the same. and then you know you keep playing on it as long as you can because you're getting minutes and you're starting. And then you know eventually you're start. You know it got to a point in nineteen where I was throwing the ball out and it would pop out and pop back in, and then I was just like, all right, it's probably got to get this thing done. Got to get it patched up. So how are you feeling about our Buccaneers? I know you're, you're you're a fan of all the sports. How do you, how are you feeling the Buccaneers this year? I mean. I think that their schedule is absurdly tough. It is. Like you look at you look it at is. it on paper, and their schedule is ridiculously is. tough. Mm-hmm. Which I think the overall record might take a hit for that, okay. but I don't think that that's going to affect anything with the playoffs when it comes to them making the playoffs. But you know, obviously, you're, you have the questions on the O line. You got to see how they're going to play under the lights, and you know, obviously, a big game versus Dallas. But Dallas is a little banged up. Their roster isn't quite what it looked yeah. like last year. So yeah. I actually think that game might not be as hard as a lot of people think it is. But at the same time, like I. As if Brady's under center, I'm good. You're feeling good. I'm feeling very confident. Yeah. And I'm feeling good. He, we got to keep him upright. Yeah, yeah. Have to keep him upright. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if he's under center, then I'm feeling pretty good about the Bucks. How much do you enjoy doing those sucks to be you uh, videos? Those are pretty awesome. I like them. Yeah, yeah, I do like them. It's funny because today I was like super swamped with a lot of different things, and in my mind I'm like, you know what? I've been I've been gearing this up towards football season the yeah, whole yeah. time. Am I going to scrap it because I'm just like overwhelmed with the stuff I had to do today? But then I, I stepped back, did it, and had a lot of fun with it. And especially during football season, it's a fun way to tap back in. Yeah. Smack Apparel, it's a cool company, first of all. But it seems Thank like you. it's not just apparel, though. It almost like you guys are like letting people know what's going on in sports as well. I mean, was that, is that your was that your idea? Yeah, you know, that's a little bit new for us this year. I think that, you know, one of the things, it was funny because when I was playing, we would always come home and, you know, my father-in-law, it's his company, and we would always stay at their house when we were home for the offseason. And one of the things we always talked about was just kind of building the brand out because it is a cool company. You know, the shirts, we've talked about this before, that shirts, they send a message, right? They send a message of either what you're thinking or what you're, you know, what you're going for. And, you know, with Smack, the messages are so funny and the content is so funny from the shirts that in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is a fun sports company that's constantly creating content. And you know what it is like now on the internet. It's how can you create content? How can you create different things to make people laugh? How can you be engaging? Correct. And for me, what I'm trying to do is use the shirts to create funny segments like the sucks to be you, you know, because that, that comes off of a shirt that they've had for the last 10, 11 years, mm-hmm. where when Miami was going through the whole Nevin Shapiro thing, Wayne, my father-in-law, they came out with a shirt for every ACC school or every school that Miami played. And it literally just says sucks to be with the you yeah. in whatever school color that we were playing against. So it's Florida State, Louisville, you know, every every school in Miami played against. We yeah. have it for the Gators. It doesn't matter who they played. That shirt always moves because it's just a funny shirt. Yeah, so is. that's how the idea for the segment came. So in my mind, it's a way to build the brand out while using the things that we already have. But also, you know, keeping people engaged with the sports world on the Internet because that's who we are. We're a sports company and we're a bunch of sports fans. 
World Cup right around the corner. How excited are you for the U.S. men's national team to get in there? And do you think Christian Pulisic has to go away from Chelsea to get some regular game time so he's ready for the big tournament? I think he needs to come to Leeds. Yeah. I do. Makes sense, right? I do. Yeah. Like, send him, send him to the team where everyone in America is fired up over. And I would love to see him on Leeds getting a little bit more rhythm with those guys. But, you know, I think that... The World Cup, it's a shame. We talked about this last time, Ian. I think that it's a shame that the World Cup is getting lost in the shuffle of football yep. yeah. because the World Cup on its own is the best event that you could possibially watch, and mm-hmm. especially when your country's doing well. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. has a team that they're young. They have guys playing all over Europe. They have a very young, Thank exciting God. team, and it's a completely different look, and it's a completely different attitude than the U.S. soccer has ever had. Who's the goalie? For me, yeah. Matt Turner. No, Zach Steffen. No, 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 no. Matt Turner. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Zach Steffen's a good goalie. Don't get me wrong, He's but backing up. But for me, I mean, Matt Turner's backing up now too in Arsenal. Yeah. But for me, Arsenal. I don't need I don't need a guy who Steffen is better with his feet, better distribution. That's his mo, right? He's very good with his feet. He can start the counterattacks in a World Cup in a tournament where if you give up one goal, that matters more than if your goalie can keep the ball and play mm-hmm. with his feet. Give me a guy that can make saves, and Matt Turner can make every single save. He's one of the best shot stoppers, you know, in the game. Now, in the past, I find that. Uh, Americans look at the American team with the rose-colored glasses a little bit mm-hmm. with, with the World Club. Everybody wants them to win. We know that. But I think when the World Cup comes, we, we get maybe a little bit too optimistic. So what you're saying is when the World Cup comes around, we have a better chance this year than we have in the past. I think that if anyone is watching the World Cup, with they should be excited that the U.S. can make a little bit of noise, okay. right? That they could beat the teams in their group. I think they can win that group. Yeah, and if the, US, if the U.S. beats England in soccer, that's a big deal. Right, that alone that would be a huge, massive, massive deal it, for America. How soccer. likely is that? They're one of the favorites. England, England is. Yeah, I mean, so they, how likely is the United States beats England? It's not likely though. Thirty percent. Okay, I'd probably say like yeah, 35? between 30, 30 to forty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thirty to forty, which isn't which isn't bad. I think it's more of a, a more of a, a kind of a, a nod to England of how this is arguably the best England team maybe ever right now. I mean, Premier League by far is the mm-hmm. best league. For years, it's like, oh, La Liga, well, now mm-hmm. you got Cristiano, you have all these Harry Kane, Son, Liverpool, and Man City are arguably the two best teams in the world. So I think this is the year when you go, if U.S., they beat England, it's probably one of the bigger upsets, maybe in sports, in the last probably 30 or 40 years. You think so? I think so, man. So England, we can't expect that, though. If it's I know, the biggest that's upset what, in ever, I mean, can we I expect think it's that? it's a huge upset, man. England is Unbelievable. So, but you're saying, okay, I understand that. I'm not saying, but it's not likely the United States beats them then. What you're saying? Well, we just gave them a 30% chance of winning. It wouldn't, so, it wouldn't, here's the thing. The US, this U.S. team, because they have a, they have a lot of young guys, like the experience of the World Cup isn't there, which, you know, yeah. that could play in their favor, that could not play in their favor. I'm not really sure about that. But you're going to have a group of guys that are playing against guys that are on the England team every weekend. Yeah, you never had that before. For the U.S., you've That's never true. had that before. It's been a lot of guys that are playing in the MLS. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. normally when they do well in World Cups, it's it's very defensive minded. We're gonna fight. We're gonna scrap. We're gonna muscle you off the ball. We're gonna try to get that goal, and we're gonna try to keep you off the board. That's been the U.S. soccer mo. Where now you have guys that are playing against the English Premier League every single weekend. You have guys in the Bundesliga every weekend. You guys all around the country or all around the world. Yeah. The guys that are going to make up this U.S. team mm-hmm. are playing against everybody else that you're going to see in that World Cup, yeah. which the U.S. soccer has never had before. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And to me, you're looking at them, England's coming off of a team that 
in the last World Cup, they lost in the semifinals, and then in the European Championship, they lost in the finals. So this is like that progression. Mm-hmm. That's why people are so high on them. And you're led by Harry Kane, which is arguably one of the best leaders in the game the great Harry Kane. right now. You have so many good players up and down. But here's the other thing, too. I'm looking at all of the players for the U.S. Do you think they're more offensive-minded now? I mean, to me, that's another reason why I think I agree with you to go with Turner is for years when U.S. is playing against some of these teams like Belgium, like they're going to have possession 20, 30, 40% of the time. They might have possession a little bit more. It might even be a little bit even more exciting to watch this time around, too. They're going to play. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the good thing and the bad thing, right? Like when, once you get on this world scale, I think that if you're watching the U.S., obviously you should watch, you should cheer, you should be excited about U.S. soccer and the trajectory of U.S. soccer. Sure. And if U.S. if U.S. makes it out of their group, that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. And that's a win for a lot of countries around the world. So that shouldn't be looked at as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're looking at this group, they're going to try to play. They're going to try to play a certain style of soccer, which is more in line with the beautiful game, right? Moving the ball, movement off the ball, trying to create different chances, trying to keep possession of the ball. And when you're watching, keep in mind that the team is one of the youngest teams in the entire world. Yeah. And the goal of U.S. soccer is 2026. That's the goal. U.S. soccer should be a top team in the world by 2026. And this is like that. This is kind of how you're saying how England went through their lumps of losing in this final, losing in this final. This is part of the progression of what's been building in U.S. soccer for a very long time. So if we make it out of our group, if we get a little run, kind of view it as, oh, look at these young guys getting this experience. You know what I mean? Like, look at our young guys, like, going out there fighting on a world in the World Cup on a huge scale. And good for us. You know, next time this World Cup comes around, we're going to have even more guys that are coming through the circle. And where is it? It's in Qatar. No, 2026. Oh, it's in the U.S. North America. Nice. U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Nice. No, I think we talked about this last time you were in uh, when Jay was uh, frolicking in, in the N.Y. Uh, frolicking. Is, is Buc- the Buccaneers still king in, in, in Tampa Bay? Are they still king? Lightning are catching up. I mean, I... The fact that you're thinking is yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, obviously it helps that they're winning, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, if the Bucks. Were the Bucks pre Brady? I would mm-hmm. say that it probably had swung. But now that the now that everything is you know back to the Bucks winning all the time, I would say that the Bucks are probably the kings of Tampa. Okay, but at the same time, I think the Lightning are catching up for sure. What do you guys, as far as the Rays go, what kind of impact do they make uh, as far as on Smack and just like where? What is the hierarchy like from Smack and from your opinion? One, two, three. I mean, in terms of the business that we do in the area, I would be. Lightning, Bucks, Rays. Wow. But when the Rays are doing well, when the Rays make the playoffs, it's just like the attendance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, when the Rays make the playoffs, the stadium's packed. Yeah. People are fired up. All the Rays fans that have spent all their time watching on TV because the Rays get incredible TV numbers yeah. because people in the area obviously watch. That's when people start getting fired up about different shirts and different yeah. things like that, right? It's kind of the same with attendance. But, you know, for us, it's always been. Lightning, because of our relationship with the team and the relationship we've been able to build with the players. Because if you get the players supporting, you're going to get everybody else. You're going to get the community supporting a lot, and that we've had that effect with the Lightning, which has been huge. And then after that is the Bucks. You got any Rays stadium shirts yet? No. You need one. No, no, no. no? Stay no. away from that. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Is too soon for that. 
too late, too soon. It might be too late for that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that might no. Be. I wore my boat parade shirt. The there you there go. You, go. Yeah, you know, we're, trying, we're just trying to support these boys. You know, we're just trying to support. Yeah, we're right. not trying to spread that negative, the no, negative right. energy. All right, one more segment to go here on the program. program. It's time for Pick to Click and the Look Ahead, but first some Bula Talk. It's time to come by Dignitary Tea and Kava House, 4817 Southwest Shore Boulevard. If you love Kava and Kratom, we do sell the best Kava and Kratom in the area. We have CBD products, pre-rolled gummies, the whole nine yards. And now we actually have the Cannabis Dock in our building. You can go to CannabisDockGroup.com or give them a call, 813-501-4777. That's 813-501-4777. You can get your medical marijuana card right in our building. You roll up in there on a Friday. You make an appointment. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. I just did it last week. I uh, got mine renewed. My son went in there and got his card. And uh, it makes things easier. You're doing things legally. And uh, you're doing things safely because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening on our streets. So come hang out with us. Dignitary Tea and Kava House, 4817 South Wishaw Boulevard. We'll all raise a shell together. Bula! Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 